Well, not for that reason. <laughs> Coming to you from deep inside our lofty, heavily fortified bunker, located somewhere in the heart of Middle Earth, the show that doesn't shy away from tough questions or tough answers. Sit back, turn on your brain, and get ready for truth. It's a dirty job, but hey, somebody has to do it. In 1942, smokers of Lucky Strike cigarettes noticed a drastic change to the Lucky Strike pack. Instead of the usual dark green and gold, the packs were white with red trim. On the bottom of the new packs was a curious abbreviation, quote, L.S.M.F.T. The reason for the change was heard on the radio commercials for Lucky Strike. Like with many other products during World War II, the Lucky Strike radio commercials had a patriotic theme. The radio listeners heard the announcer say, Lucky Strike Green has gone to war. What he meant, the green dye used for the packaging of the Lucky Strike packs would be used for the war effort. The phrase was heard frequently on all programs Lucky Strike sponsored at the, at the time. Unfortunately, it also stirred up a hornet's nest with one program. When Lucky Strike sponsored Information, Please, from 1940 to 1943, it was a marriage that was made in a lower, a lower place than, <laughs> in a lower place than heaven. From the very beginning, it was a battle between two strong-willed men, George Washington Hill, the big cheese of the American Tobacco Company, and Dan Golenpaul, as a name, the creator of Information, Please. While this relationship was stormy, it took the infamous Lucky Strike Green Has Gone to War phrase to really stir up trouble. During a typical broadcast of information, please, the phrase was uttered or whispered at every opportunity it could be said, even during the program. When there was a brief pause in the conversation between MC Clifton uh, Fadiman and the program's panelists, the phrase was presented. Not only did this prove to be a distraction with the radio listeners, it also made Golan Paul furious. With the concern of ruining the program, Golan Paul asked Hill to drop the constant presentation of the phrase. Hill refused. The bitter response program relationship would eventually go to court. It was a well-publicized event. Public opinion said Golan Paul was, has, the good, has the good guy and Hill was the villain. The case was dismissed, but the stormy program sponsor relationship came to a merciful end. Golan Paul was finally rid of Hill, Lucky Strike, and the annoying phrase. So from in the 40s, they really built in to radio that whole concept of repetition. Repetition, repetition. And I think it's fascinating. I've been listening to 1940s radio here in the studio for a while the last few days and it's they play ads every now and then and it's fun because it's you know smoke lucky or it's winston or whatever because they're the the good taste or whatever or this is the cigarette your doctor recommends oh yeah it's just it's funny to me that that's where we're at or we're at and so we went away from that that's bad and now it seems like all the news is coming back around to we we just pour in paid for content into our news story oh yeah into the program to make it that much more real this is the david allen show tv shows used to not have necessarily breaks for commercials when they were live they just no they they were yeah they just Mm -hmm. used the yeah old-time radio shows ah yeah the announcer hopped out and hey we'll be right back but now palm olive or pine saw cleaner but that that happens housewife uh podcast like if you listen to the ben shapiro program or i mean tons of programs 
That's what they do. Promote <clears throat> cigarettes? No, they they should. They actually do the voiceover for all of the. But see, I don't have a problem with that. I like that model where you have part of your segment, then you go in to talk about a, because then a you know that's cool and and it's differentiating. Mm-hmm. It's not portraying itself as news or whatever. Right. I I think my bigger issue is when it turns into um, a story about the new Big Mac. Yes, and McDonald's has released this new Big Mac, and yeah. here's the deal. And man, they have this new kind of hamburger they're making. And then, really? and then and all the an anchors ad? eat eat yeah. one of the hamburgers oh, and talk so good. about yeah. it, and yeah. and run it straight up yeah. as that's a news a, story. That is a news story. Bull crap! <laughs> what? <laughs> well, it's, it's a, you know where it's really big, where it's worse is medical, like vaccines when they run news stories. Holy about cow! Vaccines. Yes. Oh man. Got to promote the vaccine. Mm-hmm, yeah. Oh, and the, the flu is bad this year. Oh, the flu is bad this oh, year. But, but doctors say there's still time to get your flu shot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but <laughs> everybody I know <laughs> has gotten the flu that isn't affected by the flu right. shot this year. Shh. Although I, I didn't get a flu shot. I went, I went to get a physical at the VA towards the end of March, <clears throat> and they asked me if I wanted to get a flu, flu shot. I would suspect that if I got a physical in June... They'd ask me if I wanted the flu shot. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I think well, so. Well, are you, because of your career of choice at this moment, are you required to have one? No. Okay. Do they treat you differently if you don't have one? No. Okay. It's not even an issue. It doesn't come up. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Are we allowed to say what your career of choice is or where you're... Well, No. Okay. Alan's a so, parole, or David's a parole officer. A parole officer? Oh. Well, <laughs> no. He's, I mean, a, those, he's a witness protection. Those male oh, no. dance clubs really have strict health codes. Well, it's ballet. Right. Yeah. Yes. No, uh, because I noticed that... Um, Is that what you do there? <laughs> it's, it's interesting. Uh, at a nursing home that I go to frequently, there's one worker that always wears a face mask. Because they're a rebel? She refuses vaccines. And their policy is if you she, don't have a flu as shot? An em, as an employee, she's required to wear a face mask. Uh, with any contact, no matter what? Period. If she is in the building, she's got to wear a face mask. So and does, what does this she make do? any sense to anybody? And what does she do? She's the activities coordinator. <laughs> All right, Grandma, get up and let's do some yoga. So, yeah, she has to wear the, uh, she has to wear the face mask. I have an issue about yoga. Anyways, keep talking. Because it this. doesn't fit into the ballet model. <laughs> was this yeah. the back to the jigging claim? No, jigging before the show. Yes, <laughs> no, absolutely. I just I just threw that out there because I didn't want to forget. Yeah, well, I'll talk about yoga. Um, I'm I'm done with ballet. And this is though. This is the David Allen show. Yes, <laughs> episode fifty four. Yes, we've been off for two almost two, three weeks. Yeah, two. Well, this will be April two was the last episode we. Yeah, or, it was there. And today's the 21st, so... Yeah, three weeks. Yeah, but... Mm -hmm. Tomorrow's three weeks. It would be three weeks, but like two weekends off. Oh, come on. It's too long. There's too much that's gone on. I actually have a spreadsheet full of garbage today that we need to So nobody should listen to it because it's it's just horrible. (laughs) Terrible. Uh, We have uh, our... The infamous... um, and infamous is probably right now. Uh, guest with us, Jay is with us again. So hey, thanks by for infamous in. you mean flaky? Flaky, yes, yes. based <laughs> on the last show, flaky. Yes. Did you say de D? What did he say? I have no idea. Flaky. That's what I heard. Flaky. I thought you said de infamous. 
Infamous. Oh, D infamous. No, yeah. not D. I think he said the infamous, oh, but he, the, okay. the, I think he the, okay. the. enunciated it as the. I said it the way George Bush used to say it. The. Okay. Now, George Bush or I am Dana going Carvey? To walk George. to the car. Not going to do it. Not going to do it. Not, not going to do it. <clears throat> Wouldn't be prudent. Okay. Anyways. Well. Yes, Jay is here. Hi. Sorry, I, since you talked Danny Carvey, just you talk know, amongst yourselves. I okay, have, it'd be interesting. I if, didn't. I didn't grab it, but if I'm you going to know. got stuck in a, like a outside in the snowstorm, and you were rescued, that'd be interesting. And you you didn't die. Um, people could call you a blue jay because you'd be cyanotic, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I was no no. Now, I have to say this. I was deliberately being corny there. It was deliberate. <laughs> unlike unlike <clears throat> unlike a previous another time. Yeah. <laughs> well, you'd be a blue jay. Thanks. Yeah. Yep. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So, the David and Jay show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not dead. Oh, the Alan and Jay show. <laughs> This is just falling <laughs> right off the cliff. My goodness. Yeah. yeah. So, Anyways. okay, I, what I did, apparently, which was a problem, is I updated this Mac today. And now... <laughs> yeah, was it today? I thought it was yesterday. You sent a, a message. You were updating your your machine right when somebody was showing up. Oh, that was oh, for something right. else. Oh, that was something else. So today when I get to go to use it, right before someone was coming... Ah. I confirmed all that stuff. Got it. And then nothing worked. And right now, nothing's working. Fantastic. So this is neat. So this is my show note machine. <laughs> my Surface it's worth, book shish. is working just fine. Shh. Well. Shh. We, yes, you have a thought? Well, we could start talking about uh, what we were talking about yesterday, that Nebraska beer stores near reservation. White Clay, Nebraska. Oh, that's yeah. Nebraska. I thought that was South Dakota. Yeah, Nebraska. Nebraska. Border, Can you South bring it Dakota. up? Can you bring it up on yours? The story? Yeah, sure. <clears throat> uh, was it Kelloland or KSFY? Kelloland. Out of South uh, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. I had a story yesterday on someone shared on the face bag, so I, it's, it's recent, that the liquor store, the beer stores in White Clay, South Dakota, or White Clay, Nebraska, which borders the Pine Ridge Indian Reservation, which is a dry reservation, apparently. Um, there are three liquor stores that sell an enormous amount of alcohol. Wasn't annually. it like six million cans yeah, it's, or it's a year or yeah. something? Mm-hmm. And it's a crime to consume alcohol on the reservation. It's a crime to, I mean, you can't have open container in the streets of any city, I don't believe. Yeah. Um, so you have a problem. They sell millions of cans of beer and yet there's no place to drink it. Side note, are you convinced that it's your machine? Because I think there's something going on with your internet. Oh, oh, wait, wait a second. Does that mean your Surface isn't working out well? No, Surface is working fine, but your internet that is on my Surface is not working very well. Well, my computer's working fine as well, but the interweb is not. So I'm going to restart this machine. Sounds to me like it is your... Uh, Yeah, so uh, let's see. I don't think so because our uh, our hardwired machine is... uh, Apparently streaming out. Okay, so nicely. maybe it is a wireless signal issue in here. 
All right, so that's a whole different thing. We should get a real tech guy. So let me four million cans of beer annually, uh, and this is for uh, four beer stores. Mm-hmm. It doesn't oh, say four liquor stores. It says four yeah, it, it's beer. beer. Yeah, so beer stores. Uh, so a okay. million. Up. So I am on a uh, let's see. I am on KETV, which is out of Omaha, Nebraska. I'm on their website. The story says. Nebraska Liquor Control Commission voted to deny the liquor renewal license for four beer stores in the town of eight people. I have a question. How um, uh, how many people live on that reservation? Can you look that up? Ooh, I don't know that number. Hold on. Because uh, 228 people, if they drink a 12-pack of beer every single day in a year will drink a million cans of beer. So each one of them would drink 4,380 beers if they drink a 12-pack every day. So, wow. That's a so, little bit of beer. So if so, 228 times 4 is close to 1,000 a, a people. So if there's, say, 2,000 people, mm-hmm. you know, you could maybe... I don't know. The story that I happen to fall upon is is lacking a lot of uh, actual detail. Yeah, yeah, I noticed that when I was looking too. It's a very summary article. Mm-hmm. And all of the oh, stories. One of the one of the are these being pulled on purpose? Is there a reason I can't actually get to any real story? I don't know. One of the uh, pieces that I found intriguing about the story. Mm-hmm. Is they are like straight up blaming fetal alcohol syndrome on these liquor stores, these beer stores. Mm-hmm. Like they're citing that as a reason, as well as there's no, uh, there's not enough law enforcement to handle the to cause protection or whatever. Now I think we pers- need to we need to pull up that article that's got more details. I would. The Kelland one? The Kelland? Yeah. Uh it should be a text. What text? My text? Yeah, it was on uh, Oh yeah, I did send it to you. Yeah. On text or on, yeah, on, on Facebook. Oh yeah, that's right. Forgot about that. Go to the old <clears throat> cellular device. Yes. Ain't that the truth? Kelloland. Why don't I? Kelloland. Riveting radio right here. So is this like a no-no in radio? Oh, dead air, yeah. Because, because. Because people turn. Next station. So. And a lot of the computer computer programs that run, actually run all the automation, if they find, I think it's seven seconds of empty space, uh, they're programmed to fire commercial. So you don't have dead air because they can't afford to have listeners fall off. Ooh, <clears throat> wow! Yeah, that's interesting. See, I think you know, in when we talk about this, I think there's legal considerations, mm-hmm. and then there's also ethical considerations. Okay, um, my my thought is this is coming down from like they are denied their license to sell, mm-hmm. so this becomes and a, a wh- state legal well for uh, security reasons apparently. Not enough money for law enforcement in the town of 
what, eight people. Okay. Um, and they were did also talk about uh, fetal alcohol syndrome being a problem. Apparently this cause. was an issue before, too. They went through this in 2004 also. With the same and liquor they stores? just appealed it and got it? Uh, I'm trying to bring that up now, but there seems to be a challenge with the speed of the web here. Yeah, yeah. Hey, leave a the web alone. Challenge. Web didn't do you any wrong. What's oh. up? <laughs> okay, never mind. Totally separate issue. That particular owner had some criminal activity. Oh, there you go. That, that was it. in 2004. I mean, I think from an ethical point of view, anybody who's going to make that amount of money off of alcoholics, I mean, severe alcoholics, it's pretty much a scumbag, in my opinion. You know what I mean? Uh, well, I understand what you're saying, but what? how does that differ from uh, a high-end clothing store that sells $2,000 purses? Oh, uh, you don't you don't see people um, dying in a gutter because they consumed a bunch of purses. You don't see people that um, if they did consume a bunch of purses, they'd probably die in the gutter. Yeah, yeah. So you don't see that. Uh, the people that that spend that amount of money will have the capacity. I mean, you can we can say whatever we want about somebody who's that addicted to alcohol. But when it comes right down to it, um, they have a re- reduced capacity to make good decisions. I mean, when they get to that point. And so you are enabling somebody to to ultimately kill themselves. And you don't want them to die. You want them to consume, even though they're eventually going to die of it. Um, and, and that's parasitical. That's horrible, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, no, I I don't disagree with that. I think you're right. There is an ethical. There's an ethical discussion to have, and then there's yeah. This isn't a, this isn't a legal thing. Whether or not they should legally be able to do it, I'm just saying. I think that they're dirt bags for making their living that way. So. So would that be the equivalent of? Uh, to me, mm-hmm. that's almost like the equivalent of putting all of the pawn shops close to a military base. Did you ever notice that in military bases? Yep. That the the mile before the gate is just full of pawn however, shops. However, at least they're, they are serving some kind of purpose. Now, it is parasitical. Of, true, or car of course. title loans or whatever. Yeah. But they are... They are doing something, at least for the the military base. They're not taking that money and necessarily buying drugs. They're doing stupid stuff with it. Yeah, and i i would I would still i would I couldn't ethically do that, but I think it's it would be worse doing the, you know, selling liquor. You know, I think, um... and. If on the military base it was legal, illegal to uh, to lend people money or borrow money, and when they come off the base, they could. Um, that's the only way that they could get any money is by leaving the base, and you'd have these pawn shops 
that take advantage of people that don't have any other outlet or any other ability to or any other choice. Well, I, I mean, I, I think it's kind of we're watering down the issue or, or we're kind of diverting away. I mean, sure. There's, there's, there's definitely some ethical issues with four liquor stores in a town that has a population of eight people. I don't know what the whole county, how large the county is. Um, clearly, the only reason that they're there is they, they are servicing a population that doesn't have access to alcohol through any other means, which is a bordering population, which happens to be a reservation. Mm-hmm. The interesting thing about that is how do you, if you're that county, how do you recoup the cost of doing business? Yeah. Because if it's your citizens that are in that kind of trouble, then the cost of doing business is that the citizens' property taxes go up to increase the cost of doing or you, business. Or you increase um, alcohol tax if you can, you know. So where it was a dollar can, you raise it to two dollars a can. And maybe that's maybe that's the issue here. Maybe you just raise the cost of the alcohol tax mm-hmm. in that particular county for for the purpose of recouping the cost of the legal fees and legal issues and hiring new deputies. See, my problem with this is when you revoke the license, then you're transferring the responsibility in the wrong direction, I believe. I I would say that there's a certain level of responsibility that gets held at the store owner. My problem with that, though, is it can be used as a precedent towards other markets. Sure. Then you can use that as a precedent towards what's eating healthy, what's not eating healthy. Yep. Does is it the gun store that that kills people, or is yep. it the deranged person that buys the gun? Yep. And that's where no, that's, I I'd agree with that's you. where yeah, my definitely. like I, I guess I would I would have to call that my thesis. Yeah, my position, my my the legal position on this. I don't know if it would be considered a slippery slope. A, yeah, I don't know. I mean, would you consider that Bill of Rights constitu- a constitutional issue? I mean, what do you, what do you, how do you, yeah, you know? Yeah. And this is the other thing too: is the the county, and this is where I have a problem with some county governments that that I've, and even city, is there's there's a legal methodical process in which people can gain permits for anything. And that process is there for a reason. As long as you walk through that process, it shouldn't be yeah, the government's a, position to it's make It's a shall an, issue rather than a may it, issue. It should, yeah, it should not be the government's position to govern ethics. But they, but in some ways they do yeah, it because it's yeah. not ethical to murder somebody. Right, but, that's, but then your ethics are encroaching on another person. But then your, your ethics, that's an ethics issue that focuses on one person's yeah, safety but, being being taken from another. But but if they have reduced capacity, like a, a 16-year-old can't drink liquor because they have reduced capacity, they're not an adult, I think you could probably also make the case that somebody who's a chronic alcoholic and, and whatnot has reduced capacity. I don't know. 
But right, I, I get, but, I get your but point. Because the individual has that challenge, do you restrict the industry? Yeah. And and while ethically, morally, and from a values perspective, yeah. I understand the decision that's being made. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. However, the, it's a slippery. It's the a, double-edged sword that we live in this country is the freedom that gives us the freedom is also the freedom that hangs some people. And I think it's similar to um, social services coming in and taking kids away. Now, you have to be How careful. Sign up for that deal? What? I've had to raise all three of mine. How do you get somebody else to come <laughs> and get them? You got to do it worse. <laughs> no, but um, people are supposed to have due process, and um, you would hate to have kids just yanked out willy-nilly because some crazy social worker thinks it. So there should be due process. So so sometimes people are going to fall through the cracks because you have to go through the due process and there, you don't have this heavy hand of government that can do whatever they want. So, I mean, I, I, mean, so I get your answer, point. So is the answer similar to the cigarette industry in which to offset the cost of health issues mm-hmm. to offset the cost they've elevated the cost of cigarettes and they capture that tax. Do you do the same thing with alcohol in this County? Yeah. I'd Potentially say so. it would curb some of the people so they would buy less because mm-hmm. it's more expensive mm-hmm. or at the very least it would help offset the cost of law enforcement. Yeah. What I'd like to know is how is this different than me as a U.S. citizen going to across the border into Mexico and buying pharmaceuticals or alcohol, maybe, and then coming back. Well, the, I don't. The way that I read the article that you had sent, I thought they actually couldn't go back to the reservation because the alcohol was not well, legal on the reservation. Well, right, yeah. So, then the, so, so then, then, then the similarity would be you go to Mexico and you buy pharmaceuticals and you use them there. Right, but if you then bring them back, it's, isn't it the same thing? Well, if you bring them back, I would say it's not legal. Right, so I, I guess the point, if this is a sovereign nation, and you brought this point up in our conversation the other day, then shouldn't we treat the... Shouldn't they... Shouldn't we make that its own nation? Haven't we done that? Yeah, but it's a quasi sovereign. I mean, it's not well, really a sovereign. Right, nation. until they want their rights. Up to a certain point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's usually them, uh, on, in, you know, uh, I don't want to sound like I'm bashing Native Americans. That's not the point. But more the the structure of their governments yeah. tend to be a problem. Well, I mean, didn't we? I, I'm just young enough to not remember this. My wife does. You might remember this. Okay. Note he's not pointing at me. No, no, no. Well, because well, no, because David and my wife are the same age, and right. she remembers this when the drinking age was eighteen or nineteen. Nice. Yeah, nice way to give your see when I ah, when I turned nineteen, I could drink, and, and then that was, I got grandfathered in. Yep, she was. Yep. My wife what? was the same way. What? Yeah. what? Nineteen eighty-five. So in 1985, they changed the law, but at their age, they turned 19, they were legally able to drink, and then they changed it to 21. Yeah, it was six. I don't remember that. Oh. <laughs> um, but my point is, there were differences from one state to the next. So this state here, mm-hmm. there was right across the border, um, a bar called Baba Louie's, 
And South Dakota had an 18-year-old. You had to be 18 really? in order to drink. And so high school students from the town that I live in, during lunch hour, go across the border. Which is about drink a, a mile few, and a half, and right? Drink a few beers and stuff and then go back to school. <laughs> <clears throat> well, what happened to them? Nothing? Well, I mean, if you're, like, completely blitzed, well, then you'd get in trouble, but, you know. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I think there's a there's a certain amount of, you know, and this, this was a point that, that David made, there's a certain amount of cost of doing business that you just deal with. I mean, we... The, the state that we're doing this podcast from, you can get your license at, what, 14? 14. Right. To drive a car, yeah. And then you can drive a car into the neighboring state where we live, and you have to be 16. So a 14-year-old can drive their car into Minnesota and legally drive because they've Because got a, they have a South Dakota plan. Because they have they, a, legal, a, a legal license. Right. Well, every state has recipro- reciprocity with their driver's license. Yep. There isn't a state that you drive in in the 50 states that you can't use your state license and you go to another state and you can use it mm-hmm. until you become a resident. Right. And then once you become a resident, which is 30 rules. days or something like that, then you have so to change. So what happens then if you're 14 and then your family moves, do you lose your license or yes. are you grandfathered yeah. in? No, You'd you're not to. grandfathered. You lose it. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Yep. But when that four, to my point is that when that fourteen-year-old mm-hmm. has an accident or a speeding ticket, it's it's. I mean, that's Minnesota's cost of mm-hmm. doing business. This right, happens right. to be slightly different or majorly different because yeah. of the, the yeah. cost. But I don't know. I, I I struggle with the idea of shutting down the licenses only from the standpoint that I think the blame is being shifted in the wrong direction. I I don't. I I I'd, I'd, I'd agree because at a certain point. When you have such high incidence of alcoholism on on reservations, um, something's going on here. And the alcohol, it, it's not like the alcohol sneaks into their house in the middle of the night and pours itself down their throat. Right. Yeah. You know. Um, so uh, yeah. they were treated horrible in the past, mm-hmm. and maybe at times they're treated horrible now, but at a certain point you have to... You have to look. You've at got yourself. to grow up and move on. Yeah. Well, and, I, but, well, part of that. I'm not sure I, I necessarily agree with that particular. I'm I'm on the wrong side of the fence of that. Oh, idea. Well, let's go there. Well, I I mean that's kind of like the concept that you know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. It's my fault that black people were slaves because I had so much to do with it only because I'm white. Yeah, but that was my point. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Oh, no, I thought no, you. No, were... no, no. <laughs> this, is, this could have been fun. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we're what? on the same page. Yeah. I was, I was kind of surprised there for a moment. I lost. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, but, but I mean, the piece of the article, which is the very last paragraph that I, in the one that we shared earlier with us, um, it says advocates blame the stores for the reservation's high rates of fetal alcoholism and poverty. Well, you know what would happen. I don't know how you can do that. Yeah, how you can can't. you say that? Well, no different than blaming cigarettes for lung cancer. Is it? Is it no, a no, tobacco no, no, no. store? It, it'd be like blaming the store that sells yes, them yes. for the lung cancer. Yes. Right? Yeah, than that's the my actual, point. Yeah. So do you do you shut down cigarette sales at every convenience store because cancer rates are so high? Well, then, you, and then you go back to prohibition. Look how that worked. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, at a certain point. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, this is not a winnable solution in any way, shape, or form. I think the reason this issue becomes so complicated in my mind is that these are individuals that are creating a legal challenge that is a budgetary issue in which they are not contributing to that budget. They don't pay property tax. Yeah. They don't pay income tax. You mean the the patrons? The, the beer patron, buyers? The patrons yeah. that would be coming the from Americans. the reservation. Mm-hmm. They, are, they do not... They're not part of the income mm-hmm. of the county in which there's no they way are. they can recoup the expenses it would be similar it would be similar to the people that live on the reservation collecting um government benefits mm-hmm. of some type I, I don't know if that's even possible I, well I, I also think the part of the issue with a lot of the uh, the opponents of the that whole town is the reason that town exists Yes. Is for those stores. Exactly. Those three stores exactly. exist. There are eight people, I think, that live in that community. Yep. Are they all um, the same families that own the no, stores? No, it's a couple of them. The thing that I would want to separate, though, is... I, nine. I sorry, nine residents. I, I would want to hold the same argument that if... I mean, we the, the three of us live on border towns, mm-hmm. essentially. So if, if Minnesota had... If, if we were a dry county and you could not buy liquor in Minnesota... So everybody from Minnesota drove over to South Dakota and got drunk and caused problems. Eventually, South Dakota is going to say, show me your license. I'm sorry. You don't live here. You can't buy booze. Yeah. If it costs, if it so legislatively say. So I want to pull the issue away from it being a Native American issue and just say we've got a community that doesn't contribute to the income level of the area in which they're causing a budget problem. And you could say, oh, okay, but does that make sense? But, yeah, but jump in on that same concept. If I buy all of my fuel in South Dakota, but I drive all of it up in Minnesota, but I come back to South Dakota to buy more fuel, I'm not throwing any money into their um, road tax. I'm throwing it to South Dakota, not there. So I, I mean, I, I think at some point, so I think I mean, the moral of this story is crazy. from now on we need to leave South Dakotans away. And but there are require passports but, at but the border. Are, no, there are other <laughs> benefits for you driving in Minnesota. If you're driving all over in Minnesota, you're going to be stopping in places, eating things. You're going to he packs his lunch. You know, well, then then you're, you're one of the, you're one of the uh, the strange <laughs> the ones. But I mean, and, and I, he throws his beer cans and cigarette butts out <laughs> right. the window. I think you know <laughs> if if you could make a law that says that before you buy any say alcohol if you're the jurisdiction it it um you can buy alcohol in this county if the jurisdiction you're from you're allowed to buy alcohol if there's a law that it's legal for you to to take this alcohol back to where you came from then it would be legal for you to buy oh it. man imagine that nightmare <clears throat> though i mean yeah, that that becomes a nightmare because to, you'd have all these sheets going your yeah, county, yeah. right? Or you'd yeah. have to have some kind of computer check, and yeah. that becomes a nightmare. Watson yeah. could do it. Yeah, right. Sure. No, he could. We need a cricket sound. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really think that. But this issue, I I understand why the county's making their decision, but I just think they made the decision in the wrong direction. Well, it, I, it, I, I it, don't know how you how you can stop there. If you start 
with doing this that it's not safe and you're causing issues because of what you sell. Man, you've got to take that in so many other directions. Well, that's my point. Yeah. Because yeah. then you now you've got to shut down fast food restaurants mm-hmm. or you have to stop selling cigarettes or you have to it's not, or guns or ammo. However, or, however, there is there is a potential loophole. If Ooh, you are sick, loophole. if you have like Ebola, the governor can come in and quarantine you and you can't oh, leave. Right. You know, so if there's a due process before they take it away, mm. and so potentially they could say for public health purposes, um, you know, you have to no liquor stores within X mm-hmm. number of miles of of a of a population that has a disproportionate number of fetal alcohol well, babies. Or but then where that DUIs. goes is you get the the social justice warriors mm-hmm. and it just happens to work in this instance that will say well you are um you're causing a problem you know you're, I think you're, it would you're be discriminating a... against me by not allowing it to come not allowing this to happen i think it would be a little bit harder with alcohol you know i don't think people would be as quick i mean of course you're going to get some knucklehead who'll come out there and try to protest but you're talking alcohol. You're talking vulnerable people. You're talking, you know, chronic alcoholism. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a lot of people that would uh, be against it. You know, would be for it, and before they were against it. What's that? <laughs> I just. I don't think. The, I don't think the outrage would be as loud. But no, I don't no, know. I, if that, I, I totally agree. Yeah. But then again, it goes to me. It goes back to well, you can't discriminate against me. You're only you're not putting it here because there's poor people here. So you're discriminating against my race. You're discriminating against my people. You know. I, I think that's now. I mean, we could argue all day long, or and all agree that it would be better for all of them to not have access to alcohol without question. Is that government's job, though? Maybe they should just start smoking ceremonial weed or whatever. No, traditional. Traditional, traditional tobacco. tobacco. That's it. There it is. Call back. <laughs> I don't know. I just when I when I read that article, the thing that just bothered me the most was the the precedent that could be set oh, to man, blame yeah. the store owner mm-hmm. yeah. for selling a product that's detrimental to somebody else. Mm-hmm. I, I just yeah can't go there. Yeah, I would agree with that. Speaking of due process. You were talking about kids being taken away. Yeah, great story. I'm in Montana, living this in Montana. Is a great 19, story. Nice. No, 1995, and uh, a uh, girl, a girl goes to school. Teenager mad at her parents, makes up the story that her parents are mean and beat her. Whoa! Social services comes in, pulls her out of school. Goes to the elementary school, takes the three siblings, yanks them out of school. With no discovery? 1995. Puts them in foster care. It took four days for them to get the kids back before they actually... Because now they've got the story, Mm -hmm. but now the daughter is acting scared. And she says, well, I just made it up because I was mad at my parents. And they're like, well, that's you're just just saying that because you don't want your parents to Mm -hmm. be more mad. But no due process. Yeah. Yeah, I have a huge issue with that. Even though there are some cases where it would actually help if you could just do that, but mm-hmm. the vast majority, there's so much more damage than... Yeah. This is the David Allen Show, davidallenshow.com, uh, on the interweb. We, uh, uh, Yeah, this is a fascinating conversation that we'll pick back up, maybe? Eh, eh. I think we a, shot a version. that. I, I think a we version. beat that horse. <laughs> a version of it in a moment. 
from her new album On My Side. One of my favorite uh, favorite female vocals right now. I'm She's sorry, fantastic. I thought it was Katy Perry. That's too bad. <laughs> but, I mean, she kind of sounds... I don't know. Well, okay, maybe. I mean, her voice, I think. I don't know. She yeah. sounds the same in the fact that she's female. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I made the same mistake. Yeah. I thought oh, it was yeah. the same person. Sorry. But yeah, uh, a throne room... Throne, All right, uh, this is the room? <laughs> throne room, yeah. This is the David Allen Show, and not the type of throne you were talking about before the show. But... <laughs> um, <laughs> <clears throat> so,
So some of the perks of, of listening to the live stream uh, that we do at uh, mix.lr, mix.lr, uh, slash the postmaster, which actually we need to talk about that because they are doing away with the uh, the level of uh, service we currently have with them. And so uh, we have to make Why? some decisions. They're upping. They're going to actually add some more costs and such oh, okay. um, to start the How game. How much? I don't know yet, so we'll need to figure oh, that okay. out by May 17, I think. Okay. So we can go to different options for live streaming. but Or maybe um, the rapture will happen before then. And then oh, yes. to praise. Worry about it. Please, Let's have it. Yes. So uh, <clears throat> earlier in the show, briefly, uh, you mentioned Dana Carvey. Yep. Oh, really? Well, I'd have to do it. I mean, everybody does it. You know, the way I learned it, and this is just for the nerds at home, it's a true story. I was talking to my friend Smigel, Robert Smigel, Smigel, great man. And he says it's a little bit like Regis. So I was kind of starting out with Regis. Here we are. You ready for this? I'm out of control. Yeah. And then I I, I went to Brando Mm -hmm. and then moved back to Regis. Uh So if you go to Brando from Regis... I gotta tell you, my son, you know, yeah, and then yeah, you yeah. move your way back to the center and you got Donald Trump. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, I, don't know. I don't know. Maybe we're all gonna die. Maybe there's gonna be a nuclear war. Part of me kind of wants it. Like, this is. Wait, what are you talking about? Some part of you kind of wants it. <laughs> well, I don't know. Is this this cool? Wouldn't it be kind of exciting? You know? Uh, I mean, we'd be in our bunkers <laughs> and Trump would be on closed circuit TV still selling us. We had a tremendous nuclear war. <laughs> tremendous, tremendous. Yeah. Your, your bunkers, your bunkers are tremendous. Chinese bunkers, not so good. Okay. <laughs> we have radiation. I, they say Trump, oh, he doesn't know, but I know, radiation. We have radiation. Okay. <laughs> Believe me, you will stay in your bunkers and make babies. You'll make beautiful babies. <laughs> I've I've just announced that Ivanka will be the princess of the surface dwellers. Okay? <laughs> I, I you know what? About two minutes? No, 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 don't worry about that. Don't get, don't you get in there? Yes. He loves. What about the fact that he loves Twitter? He can't. He's the first president we've had that can't stop tweeting. It's insane. I, you know, people are worried because obviously he's a bit, you know, <laughs> kooky. Whatever. I mean, in West Hollywood, they're like, we're gonna die. <laughs> And we've had maniacs in the White House before. If Nixon had had Twitter, I don't like Jews. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's truth to that. Hashtag Yamaka. <laughs> <laughs> How are you, Henry? Uh, yeah. So, you know, we had freaks. Carter was out of his mind. I f***ed up. I did. I f***ed up. I wore a sweater. There were hostages. It was over. I f***ed up. <laughs> and he went nuts toward the end of his first term, his only term. Uh, yeah, He yeah. was a peanut farmer, and this is true. He used to take a big vat of peanut butter. He'd smear it on himself. <laughs> that is not true. Yes, and just wander around the White House. They'd be like, you okay, Mr. President? I got peanut butter hair, peanut butter pants, <laughs> and peanut butter shoes. <laughs> what? I got peanut butter hair, peanut butter pants, peanut butter shoes, and a peanut butter shirt. Uh-huh. I beg your pardon? Yeah. So no. then we had Reagan, who wasn't even sure he was there. Well, what? I don't know. What would Reagan have done with ISIS? That would have been I don't know. ISIS. What? Who are they? Icicle? What are we fighting? Eskimos? Who are they? <laughs> what they do? To who? 
when, where, well, we have no choice. <laughs> now, Fire away. Are you, are you happy then? At least uh, Obama uh, seems to be having a good time on vacation. Huh? Every time we get a I peek at one of his vacations, it yes. looks fantastic. He's in a half-billion-dollar yacht with movie stars touring Tahiti. I mean, just out there. <laughs> hey, Mr. President, uh, did you hear about uh, North Korea? Them, give me a beer. <laughs> that Dana Carvey on the, the Conan show, which I, he's a funny guy. His latest um, Netflix. special is kind of it's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, just just to run across the topic, um, Bill O'Reilly is out. Fire! What in the world do you think about that? Fire! Oh me, fired, I'm, I'm fired. Uh, um, someone with that amount of ego, you don't think he's doing this? Well, no. I, okay, here's here's my thing. Ratings, God, in yep. the in the cable world. Yep. They say twenty five million dollars was the severance package you yep. got. Um. That's nothing. Is that just to that's recoup peanuts. the cost that he had to pay out to shut some people up? That was only thirteen million. So that's 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 it's on top of that. So net twelve. Yeah. Well, bad. he's going to be on Cyrus or Sirius FM or yeah, whatever. Yeah, that's some. You know, I you heard know. that today that there's kind of a little conspiracy thing that maybe it's because he needed to, in in order to free himself up to get I mean, into Sirius. Yeah, he, I mean, he can go wherever he wants to. Yeah. I mean, people, all you have to do. I mean, literally. Is this it? Oh, a newsflash. This is all you have to do, right? Let's have it. Okay. All you have to do is get a good publicist, say that you have a silly little drinking problem. Mm. Go to rehab. Go to rehab for mm-hmm. a month, month yeah. and a half, come out. You're blaming that and on a drinking problem? Everybody will give them a second chance. I mean, I won't because I don't like them, but um, so I guess I'm not everybody, but a good number will, you know? I I just I never liked listening to him because he was so arrogant. I mean, what what are your thoughts? Who? Oh, Bill. Bill. Oh, but, okay, but who? <laughs> who are we talking who? about? What? He's a nobody. I don't even know what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, but I've already again, forgotten about him. I he, I mean, ratings. He was the guy. Uh huh. Which I kind of find interesting that you know Megan Kelly was killing her spot. You know, when in, in the ratings world. Yep. At that nine o'clock, whatever, um, just crushing it. Then you know her ouster happened. Of course, he stomped away from Fox. But don't you um, think all of them? It it's almost like a Hitler syndrome. And explain and that. What I mean is, okay, he took Czechoslovakia and Poland and France. He could have stayed with that, but no, he wanted to invade Russia. How about you consolidate for a while and maybe not take, try to take over the whole world and be satisfied with what you do have? I'm, I'm thinking that their egos expand exponentially and they start believing that they are the face of Fox News. Like Megyn Kelly. I mean, she got, she seemed to me she got pretty cocky and whatnot. Do you know what I mean? What is that show business though? Uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, how is that different than any other? Oh, I'm not saying it is. Yeah. I'm not saying it is. But anybody who's, you know, the the greatest thing, you know, Glenn Beck was huge. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, where's he now? I mean, just about everybody. The rich. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, 
There's talk about in, in, in the a plays way. going under. Well, uh, I heard Rachel Maddow was going to take over Bill's spot. That would be awesome. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Uh, but Tucker Carlson is stepping into that spot. Yeah. Which but he's like the new, he'll new get guy. He'll cocky and do the same thing. Well, and that, that's what they got to figure out. I think what they're realizing is his style of almost gotcha yeah. questioning yeah. works. Yeah. And he's good at it. And so people come on, dumb. Why in the world would you go on his show oh, I know. and oppose him? Ever? Oh, I know. He's going to rip you apart. Yeah. That's what he does. Yeah. So whether you agree or not, or you want to prove your point, don't prove your point with that guy. That's, I don't know. I, maybe I'm just not courageous enough. Um, now. Now? To start my list. Now? Victoria, I believe it's Australia. Victoria.gov. Dot au, uh huh. They have a uh, their website. They uh, vic vic dot gov dot au slash equality, and then we're gonna go slash inclusive dash language dash guide. Ready? <clears throat> oh no! <laughs> I'm sensing this isn't gonna be pretty. <laughs> the Victorian government is committed to equality for all Victorians. The inclusive language guide. What about intolerant? Victorians. No, no, all of them. All of them except the intolerant yeah. ones. The inclusive okay. language guide was created to provide public servants mostly inclusive with not the right inclusive tools to communicate in our diverse work environments. Language has the power to empower individuals and strengthen relationships. Through issuing this guide, the Victorian government acknowledges and celebrates our differences. Mm. Celebrates? Celebrate. So celebrate. So there's a party like so the fireworks? In, the introduction. The in, this inclusive language guide has been developed to provide guidance to the Victorian public sector regarding language of the LGBTI communities. Uh, what's I stand for now? Uh, it, it, no, I'm not, never mind. Uh, intersex. LGBTI uh, stands for <laughs> lesbian, gay, bisexual, trans. You know, they should say L-T-G-B-E, and E stands for etc. Now, this, no, this is interesting. I've never heard, seen this before. The T is trans, comma, gender diverse. Oh, great. And intersex, which whatever that means. Uh, Okay, terminology. Should we break it down real quick? Lesbian. This refers to a woman who is romantically and sexually attracted to other women. Okay. Gay. Well, wait, they need to define woman. Within oh, the they definition, do. they have to define woman. They do. You're right, but I don't see that. Oh, here's some key points to remember first. Ready? Sexual orientation, sex, and gender identity are all separate concepts. Sexual orientation is used to describe a person's romantic and or sexual attraction. So, so that's shouldn't the orientation. The def- shouldn't the definition be, eh? <laughs> oh, it'd be <laughs> yeah. way easier. Sex whatever <laughs> refers to a person's biological characteristics. A person's sex is usually described as either male or female, usually. The designation of a person as either male or female on the basis of their biological characteristics takes into account their chromosomes, genitals, hormones, and neurobiology. Some people have both male and female characteristics, or neither male nor female. So, wait, so there's just like a huge hole where the, the old ovaries or testicles are clearly 
Gender identity refers to the way in which a person understands, identifies, or expresses their masculine or feminine characteristics within a particular sociocultural context. Now, but what drivel? So literally, I could identify <laughs> as a butch lesbian, and I'd and look the, like one. And <laughs> and the only difference is if I if I identify that, I, I'll have to go out and buy a Subaru. So other than that, I mean, am I right? That's, I mean, I could. It's kind of painting with a broad brush. <laughs> well, I mean, I could. You could. Absolutely, I, yeah. Absolutely, I could. You would need to claim to be a professor as well. And play softball. And play softball and field hockey. Maybe pole vault. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. Uh, Can we d- kick in other stereotypes? <laughs> Not the, 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 what's basketball, that professional basketball. Wear, oh, yeah, shot put. Shot put, that's yeah. the word. Yeah. And you've got to wear khakis and a polo. Or. Or that shirt. <laughs> hey, what? <laughs> or. or lumberjack. Or, oh, yes, yes. That's true. So- That's true. Socks and Birkenstocks. Yeah. <laughs> White socks, preferably. All, All right. right. Uh, okay, terms. Lesbian. This refers to a woman romantically involved or sexually attracted to women. Not involved, but romantically attracted. Gay. This refers to someone who is romantically or sexually attracted to people, wait a second, of the same gender identity as themselves. So a woman could be gay and not lesbian. How is that possible? Oh, because, okay, yeah. No, not okay, yeah. What? Be- because if I identify as a woman, but I don't have a sex change operation... You're gay? She would be gay. <laughs> if, like, if if I identified as a woman, and I didn't get a sex change operation, my wife and my wife was satisfied with me being, quote-unquote, a woman, then she'd be gay. So it says it is usually used to refer to men who are attracted to other men, but may also be used by women. Then why have lesbian? Let's let's define these a little better. Bisexual refers to a person who is romantically or sexually attracted to individuals of their own gender and other genders. Asexual, this refers to someone who does not experience sexual attraction. How about, uh, why isn't that one of them? What? Asexual. It is. It says. It, well, it's well, not. It's not be, listed. Yeah, I know. Well, it is if you listen to. Uh, oh yeah, the other yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, pansexual. Yeah. This refers to people who are romantically or and sexually attracted to people of all genders. What isn't that bi? No, because there's fifty. Oh, I forgot. There's like fifty. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a video. It said thirty-six genders explained. What? <laughs> <laughs> See the thing so, is legit- this can't this can't last. Why, why is this? Okay, listen. The average man spends up to a this year of his one. life staring at women Male. and six months shaving. Also, men were the first to wear high heels in the 1600s and stopped when women started wearing them to look more masculine. Number two, female. Women speak an average of 20,000 words per day, which is far more than men at 13,000. They also have consistently faster heart rates and blink almost double as often. Number three, transgender. individuals are transgender throughout the United States, and the first gender reassignment surgery was successfully performed in 1966. Number four. This gender does not exist. 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 What's funny about this is it was put on the face bag page of Social Justice Warriors. No. 
Social justice warriors wouldn't call themselves social justice warriors, so it's a. Uh, I hope so. Making fun of them. I hope so, but it's kind of funny because they have the name. (laughs) That's that's great. So that cracked me up. Um, That was funny. Anyway, so I I think this uh, inclusive um, uh, language guide. So if if anybody knows, well, the the very general basic history of the Roman Empire. Is this not where this is going now? Well, it'll have to. Everything goes. Everything goes. It doesn't matter. Everything goes. It's. I you mean, mean, you mean how, anything? Yeah. Everything, yeah. anything. I mean, doesn't. I mean, at some point, if this continues, at some point, some defense attorney is going to use pedophilia as an I- identifying sexual attraction it's already identified as a, sec, a uh, sexual orientation yeah, as orientation yeah so you can already go there it's just it's taboo still but it, it's official For now right exactly so here's how to use this and then we'll move on how to oh, use inclusive okay. language okay before you go there i just want to ask this question and we can get back to this if you want to and that is not really my question is because i feel this way what's your question that i think america is a different type of species and won't go the way Europe has gone. How? Because of so our why? we're more independent. The 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 attitude it would take multi generations and significant changes because even now there are so many kids that are uh um pro cho or pro life, uh pro second amendment, um and pro freedom of speech and stuff like that. I'm thinking that's in your microcosm and our microcosm of rural America. Uh huh. Don't you think? I. Do you think it's that way in the bigger cities? Okay, think about this. And and the reason why the the other reason why is that we are a different. We have a different economy. Everything's different in America than in Europe. Everything, I mean, even uh, private enterprise and capitalism has been different than in Europe. So if we look to Europe and go, we're going to go to, we're going to be like them. I think we're going to, we're not going to be like them. I'm not saying that we're going to be something great, mm-hmm. but I, I think that that our pendulum will swing back. And I'm not talking spiritually. I'm talking about the nonsense that happens. Just my opinion. I had a conversation today with a guy from Sioux Falls, uh-huh. um, kind of regarding this phenomenon that's happened in our culture. Because if, tr- if since because Trump, Trump was elected, elected. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, what it what it did is it, it it's like it gave the people that don't like Trump a platform and uh, a backbone to stand up and hate you if you don't agree with them, and but, and just and be justified in it, like. I am. It, this is this is right. And but if that's you don't the agree same with group me, of people that six months ago, if you didn't agree with Obama, they hated you. It's the same group of people, right? Right. But it's it hasn't subsided. Most general elections, and this guy I talked to had for years worked in the political world. Um, typically, after an election, and the losing team and the winning team, you, you then you know oh, okay, yeah, it was a good idea, and then you move on. Now, I think that's because you end up with. Uh, either side of the aisle 
They're both the same kind of people. This one appears so much different. But do you think it's sustainable? I don't think it's sustainable. What, the hate? <laughs> the, the hate? hate? Yeah. No, 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 no. Well, it, it, it won't be if we want to ever come back together as a as a people. We're not coming back together. I don't know how we can. We're not. There's no way. Who's going to admit they're wrong? Well, that that's what I... Well, I, I pose that question because so many of the so many of the millennials right now that are protesting, they have everything given to them. At a certain point, if our economy continues on, they're going to get married. They're going to have kids. They're going to have to get a job. If our economy doesn't collapse, they're going to have to do that. And the minute that happens, things change. I don't know if I agree with that because look at the the millennials came from somewhere and what value were they taught and why were they taught that? Do you think the system is going to change to teach their kids look at, differently? Look at all the hippies from back in the 60s. Now, some of them are, you know, went to college to be professors and whatnot, but the majority of them had kids that grew up, which would have been my generation, and... This whole thing, this whole thing that goes on, you should read the book called the the Fourth Turning, and they document generations, all the gener, uh, generations, every four generations, it it repeats itself. There's a cycle that repeats itself. Look back in the twenties. So you think that the that eventually it'll swing back the other. There's going to be a generation that moves back to the values of the twenties. Yeah, um, no, we are in the twenties, but the but like the great the great generation. And what this book, um, uh, Neil Howe, I think, is, is one of the authors, uh, the, uh, the Fourth Turning, talks about is that every four generations, because of the, because of the way the, the previous generations have reacted and changed, there, there comes a, a moment of great crisis that can either destroy um, the country or the culture or... They can survive and went through um, fighting what it is and what it's been the last 400 years have been wars every four generations. They come up with an existential crisis and when they come through the crisis, the generation that fought it and sacrificed are different. The The generation before it that, that precipitated the event are gone and the new generation that had to suffer and sacrifice are different and then the cycle repeats itself i hope so it seems hard for me to see how we're going to go backwards but i don't know i hope sorry go ahead <laughs> how to use inclusive language let's get back really here. you're coming back to this well it's, <laughs> you're obsessed well it's fascinating <laughs> to me because this is actually thought about and put together. Are you going to come out of the closet? Um, at some point. Um, <laughs> if I'm in the closet, I won't come out. Yeah. Yeah. It's safer that way. Uh, use appropriate terminology. It is important <laughs> to remember that you should only refer to people's sexual orientation or gender identity with the appropriate terms. Although terms such as dyke and fag may be used by LGBTI people themselves, this terminology is likely to be seen as derogatory if used by someone who is not part of the subgroup. Is that like using the N-word if you're not black? Yep. So everybody who evacuate the dam or the dike is going to burst, that's bad? Yes. Furthermore, (laughs) 
using the word gay to refer to negative situations or phenomenon unrelated to sexual orientation is offensive and unacceptable. So what a gay day? It's offensive. That's unacceptable. Okay. Avoid heteronormativity. Heteronormativity. Why why is that a word? Avoid? Avoid it. And avoid heterosexism. Heteronormativity is the assumption that everyone is heterosexual or straight and that this is the norm. No, just 98% of the population on the planet, that's all. And how many percent of nature? (laughs) Heterosexism is the belief that non-heteronormative sexual orientations or gender identities are unnatural. Really? Avoid using language which assumes all relationships are heterosexual, as this denies the experiences of same-sex couples. It is better to use the word partner than wife or husband with where the gender, sexual orientation, or relationship status of a person is unknown. Boy, things came to my head, and I'm glad. <laughs> when you have I a filter? This, yeah, I have a filter. <laughs> some people don't have a filter in this room. When someone <laughs> mentions their children, remind yourself that this doesn't necessarily mean they are in a heterosexual relationship and avoid making assumptions. Avoid misgendering. Are you going to misgender? You misgendered. Misgendering is using language to refer to people that is not aligned with how that person identifies their own gender or body. Most, but not all, intersex and trans people who identify as male prefer to be prefer to be referred to as he. Most, but not all, intersex and trans people who identify as female prefer to be referred to as she. Some people prefer to be described with their first name only or a non-binary pronoun such as they rather than a gendered pronoun. Others prefer no pronoun at all. So what do you do? Say, hey, hey, ugh, is grunted people? How do you do that? I prefer no pronoun. I prefer offending them. (laughs) Sir, come here. But see, avoid offensive questions. Most people would find it inappropriate to be asked questions about their genitals or breasts. It is therefore not appropriate to ask questions about whether a trans person has had surgery. Who would do that? Similarly, most people would find it inappropriate to be referred to with reference to their anatomical okay, wait, or no, medical no, no, history. No, no, no. We got to go back for a minute. Do they think in some way that like hetero... Do I walk around saying, hey, dude, you've been circumcised? <laughs> I mean, that's not like a normal... Why does that have to be That's not up? heteronormative. No, no. <laughs> did did you not. get a breast implant? You're just getting fat. <laughs> that's not normal yes, conversation, yes. even amongst like straight that's people. That's locker room talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's ass Trump. <laughs> when did you get that piercing? <laughs> Respect. People's experiences. No, I mean, I, okay. I, I, I absolutely, I know this is out. It's absurd that this even is considered. Again, this is thought of. Someone put this. They put time into this. But here's the thing: we we have to remember it's Australia that no, but but not even that. But nobody follows this. This is just yes, that community this, follows it. Well, the crazy community. The only reason they're doing this is so that the crazy stay stay out. Away from the door, the average person who works there wouldn't even think about doing this. No, it gives this community the ability to be a victim always. Well, yes, yes, I know. Yes, yes, that's it. Because now you can always claim that person was mean to me because that's it. Yes, absolutely. It's I'm hurt. 
I I agree, yeah. but, but the reason they put this out is so that they don't get hassled. That's the reason why they're they're putting this oh, stuff so they out. Have, they no, have an out. I disagree. I think they put it out so that they can label their victimness. Is that no, the right? No, but the government sure. isn't a the <laughs> government isn't saying, is a word. But the government <laughs> is not saying we're a victim. This is the government of Victoria, Australia, the state, the province of who is doing this. Yeah, amen. This is where I'll stop. But here's the next one. There can be diversity within diversity. So that goes back to what David was saying, that you could be a butch, lesbian, Mm -hmm. trans. Thank you. Right? Yeah, That wears khakis and polos. People who has a penis. People who identify as LGBTI may also identify with other diversity groups, such as CALD or disabled. Language used. Disabled? What? Yeah, remember? Want to have their arm and leg cut off? Yeah. Mm. What What was the name of that? uh, uh, Body Transabled. Dysmorphia? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) What'd you say? (laughs) Transabled. (laughs) Why not? Yeah, you could. Is that that what you are? Is that what you are right after the sex assignment surgery and you're still sore? You're so th- this line, I, w- I don't know what to, I don't know what to do with it. So I'll read the one before again. How about ignore people it? who identify as LGBTI may also identify with other diversity groups such as CALD or disabled. Language used should not assume primacy of one dimension. What? Okay, here's my here's my here's my position. My position is this. Are you ready for my position? I am. Let's have it. My daughter, my daughter has her geography teacher last year taught the kids you're not special. Like his first week, maybe even his first day, he told all the kids in his class, you're not special. Because if you're special, then everybody in here is special, which means nobody's Nobody special. Is. Yeah. So my position on this is if there's this group that encompasses so many people and then you've got every other ethnic group and the disability group, then essentially the heterosexual white male is now the minority and I want some money. Mm. Ooh. Mm. Reparations for something? I want some money. I'm the minority now. There should be... Special scholarships, there should be... I'm now in the minority, because I'm not in any of those big groups. Huh. That's what I want. Wow. Show me the money. So what? what's the TV station? What I mean, there's... What What would be the, the, the name of the TV station that you would specialize in? Because you have, like, BET, Black Entertainment Television. LGBT-E-T? Latino... <laughs> You know, LGBTI Fox. entertainment. Yeah, Fox. Fox knows. <laughs> you got your. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, you're right. Uh, quickly, Jezebel.com. There's some quality um, reporting right here. For as long as I can remember, I've been immediately skeptical of men who use the word female to describe women. <sighs> Before I was able to put my finger on what exactly bothered me about their use of the word, I simply relied on historical record. The men I liked and respected weren't running around talking about females, this, females, that. They use the term broad. Yeah. <laughs> for, for many who use the word, I'm sure it seems innocuous. If you listen closely to howling winds of patriarchy, 
You can make it. Oh you can make goodness. out their cries. Why are women making such a big deal out of one word? Aren't there more important issues like rape? I don't mean anything negative by it. It's just a different way of saying women. No one is suggesting that calling women females is directly behind rape on college campuses and affordable access Until to birth now. control <laughs> on womanhood's list of very important priorities. It is a simple and relatively contained issue, and the staunch resistance to such a simple issue is extremely telling. I can't speak for all women, and I'm sure Thank there you. are plenty who don't mind the usage or even employ it themselves. But the maybe fact she shouldn't speak for any women. That you don't often hear women running around referring to themselves and other women females is a solid clue that at the very least it's not our first choice of noun. That's because any other noun that we use is offensive. Much has been written about attempts by women to reclaim words like B word, the C word, and another word. Uh, it's interesting to consider that female isn't really popping up among the shift in lexicon. It could be because women don't see female as indicative of as strong an issue or as strong an issue as these others. So does that mean the term feminist needs to go away because that's a derivative? Um, that's a good point. Oh, man, where'd it go? I th- I'm oh, crap. I oh. had uh, an article about that. Did you lose it? Mm. Mm. <laughs> so sad. Riveting, <laughs> riveting radio right here. Uh, shoot, darn it! I don't know where it went. This is truly insane. <clears throat> is there another topic in history that we can look back and and compare this to? This is all us. Uh, this is a suicide, the attempted suicide of Western civilization. But is there another in in the history of America? Is there another topic that has been this chaotic? Well, I use the I would use the term crazy. But there was I a mean, big I, there was a big eugenics push back in the thirties, and um, what, what do they call eugenics, it? which technocracy. Um, Eugenics is trying kill off uh, races. To yeah, just keep the, the smart, intelligent people alive. Yeah, wanted to start <clears throat> a plan oh, Planned Parenthood to yeah. kill off the blacks because they're just they're dumb. Yeah. I mean, they're just poor, low-level people. They're not really human. They're subhuman. They subhuman. would say yeah. uh, the Daily Wire: Prepubescent teenagers with gender dysphoria should receive puberty-blocking drugs as treatment. Argues Jack Turban. In an op-ed published on Saturday in the New York Times. Then we need to start giving diet pills to people with oh, anorexia. Oh, oh. Yeah, yep. absolutely, yeah. We have to, because in their mind they're fat, so you need to allow... No, liposuction. To, fine. Give them liposuction, give them diet pills, because that's how they associate. Entitled, Hannah is a girl, doctors finally treat her like one. Turbin's editorial highlights the, his editorial highlights the story of Hannah, a 14-year-old boy originally named Jonah. He describes Hannah as a girl, referring to the boy with feminine <clears throat> pronouns. Hannah has a puberty-blocking implant in her bicep, described as a hard rod just underneath her skin that releases a drug that turns off the brain cells that would otherwise kick off puberty, preventing the process that would have deepened her voice and given her an Adam's apple. Turban praises the change in attitudes among many medical professionals regarding treatments for gender dysphoric children, 
noting that such puberty-blocking treatments can be made available to teenagers as young as 14. But yet that child is not old enough to make the decision to drink. Yep. Or drive, or join the military, or probably uh, anything. Get any... They can't enter a contract. They can't... So this is... This is a child abuse. You can't even go and get a tattoo at 14 years old. Not without, not alone. Treatment seeking to end gender dysphoria among transgender persons, suggests Turban, are ineffective and cruel. You can't go to a tanning salon at 14 <laughs> years old. At 18, I don't think, in Minnesota now. I don't know. Are he you kidding ar- me? He argues that perceptions of gender among transgender persons should not be changed, but affirmed. This is awesome. Medical practitioners, argues Turban, should view all possible outcomes of gender perceptions as equally desirable. It is not necessarily preferable, he suggests, for a male to wish to be a boy or a man. Really, that's not preferable. You know, I knew a guy, and you've met him, who uh, claimed to be uh, a Scottish man who uh, had um, who died during the Civil War, and he has a bunch of children in Scotland. Um, so maybe we could buy him a bagpipe and, and a kilt and a kilt and, uh, <laughs> um, maybe an old castle in Scotland. Cos- what do you think? Cosmetic surgery to construct physiques of the opposite sex is described by Turban as gender affirming surgery. When I was 16, I was convinced that if I you took don't have steroids, to say anymore. You don't have to say anymore. If I took steroids and worked out, <clears throat> I'd be just better. Everything mm-hmm. would be better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think I think we need to allow sixteen-year-old boys that play football to take steroids if they associate themselves mm-hmm. as a professional football player. Okay, here we go. I agree, dear. Why not, dear feminists? How about eight-year-olds? Why not? You might as well, because some of them start training for the Olympics at 8. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why do we spend so much time on this? It's fascinating. It's not. It's fascinating. It's disgusting. Oh, it is, and that's why it's fascinating. Because d- this, the New York Times is viewed as an authority. And for... The, the newspaper uh, uh, of uh, record. Yeah, there you go. The newspaper of record. For them to put out this kind of stuff, this drivel, that is counter anything scientific and anything that's any sort of normal, which I don't think normal exists anymore, uh, is is disturbing. It... And outrageous. And outrageous, yes. Sorry, I don't know where else to go. It's crazy. Crazy. That's That's where you go from here. Yeah. The the school the public school systems are are already feeding into this. I mean, you talk about how every fourth generation kind of comes back. When I what I think about is the public school mentality is teaching kids now to fundamentally think different about what identity <laughs> means. When you and I were in school, when you, I bet you you too. When you were in school. Were you ever asked, how does that make you feel? No. You were asked, what do you think about that? What do you think? How do you think about that? You were always asked, how do you think about that? This whole, kids aren't asked that anymore. You ask kids today, what do you think about that? And they give you a feeling and they say, no, no, no. How do you, what do you think? What do you think about that? 
it it puts them into paralysis. They're like, well, I don't know how to think about that. I can tell you how I feel. Everything is about feeling. And speaking of public school, Cromwell High School in Connecticut has welcomed a freshman boy who identifies as a girl onto the track team. The girl track team. Well, that's not the first time, though. I mean, right. there a, but, there's a wrestler or something, yeah, too, yeah. right? But this is it. I mean, it, it's all feelings now. So feel good. And now I feel like a girl. So he now is... Yeah. Um, Extremely fast girl. Well, where was that body? That's neat. Where was that professional like weightlifter from? Yeah, that used oh, to was be that a Australia man? or New Wasn't Zealand? Wasn't that Australia? Maybe? Mm-hmm. I thought so. Yeah, yeah. you know, and he, he, I mean, he didn't really look. He looked like a dude, a long-haired dude. He looked, and like he didn't a, even look like he, he was in like good a shape. Nineteen eighty-eight German <laughs> female athlete. Well, yeah, that's true. Except he didn't have as much facial hair. So <laughs> but, okay, but here's here, here's kind of where it goes. Where does the school, school draw the line? Uh, Yearwood, this kid, informed, anymore. informed his parents that he was transgender in middle school. He previously ran on the boys' track team for school before getting permission to participate on the girls' team. In the fall, he participated on the girls' cheerleading team. That's neat. Uh, the 15-year-old boy is yet to take any steps in his transition, but he plans on taking hormone and puberty blockers and is considering a sex reassignment surgery in the future. So that's all we have to do. Is just, I plan on it. Here's the thing. Yep. Back in our day, if kids like that, they would, you know, get a mohawk. Um, yeah. Tattoos Wear a leather or jacket and chain or whatever. Yes. Now it's now it's this. I yeah. I it just I don't know how you can not like like if from the school board position. How, how do you draw the line when you have parents and kids like this nowadays? You can't because no. the way that the way that the legal system has moved is now you're discriminatory if you stop it from happening. Well, you you have to do what like North Carolina's did, and you know the bathroom mm-hmm. law, whatever your birth certificate says. But at what point does that become discriminatory? Well, as soon as you say that, well, that's, right? That's nowadays, my point. Yeah. I mean, the way that things are going now, now it's discriminatory. Mm-hmm. You do that, well, you're we'll discriminating. See. Well, um, the Supreme Court hasn't ruled on it, which does not mean that it's true. But um, in terms of the legal system, Legally, there's still another yeah. voice, yeah, or yeah. opinion. Um, but there's we have proof now, though. Archaeologists have discovered a five thousand year old skeleton, which they believe may be the remains of a transgender person. There's no bones down there. The male. How do they know that? The male skeleton was found in a suburb of Prague and is buried in a manner previously only seen for female burials. Oh, oh boy, <laughs> that's a wide <laughs> assumption. Yeah, that's. There you go. The body is believed to date between 2900 and 2500 BC. Uh, any chance that they realize that the eunuchs were buried there too, and a eunuch was, was a fairly common thing? Was he wearing lipstick? Men's bodies. For, yes, that new stuff that the the women are doing now that's dye, it doesn't come off, oh, that's it. On the bone. Tattoos? Men's bodies from that age and culture are usually found buried with their heads toward the west and with weapons. But this skeleton was found with its head towards the east and was surrounded by domestic jugs, as women's bodies from the time are usually found. Yeah, yeah okay. So, again, <laughs> we know historically, take a look at ancient civilizations, eunuchs were created... To take care of the women. At a press conference in Prague yesterday, archaeologists <sighs> theorized that the, person, 
that the person may have been transgender or quote third sex. Really? You That's need a barf it? sound. Get you have a barf sound? I, don't. I need one. Um, no, I no nope. barf sound. Come on. <laughs> we need a vomit um, sound. That you've got to get a vomit sound. I don't have a vomit, however. Um Toilet flush. Oh, that's, yeah. <laughs> Close, enough. Close enough. That's from the unisex bathroom. I can tell by the way the water's moving. <laughs> that was April 6, 2011, so this isn't brand new, but, I mean, for, for them to theorize that... Is there any follow-up on tra- that? I don't know. Let's see. Well, this is not the first time a skeleton has been found buried as a member of the opposite sex. One woman from the Mesolithic period, who was assumed to be a warrior, was found buried with weapons. Well, well, must have been a man. As a chance transgender woman. They didn't make that claim, but the other way they made the claim. Hmm. Because it would be anti-woman and anti-feminist if you didn't allow them to uh, be tough. Maybe he was just the interior decorator. Yeah. Maybe he slipped and fell <laughs> into a hole. Well. Um, a lot of assumptions made. You mentioned the Supreme Court a minute ago. Yep. Um, who's the, the skeleton on the oh. Supreme Court? <laughs> oh. Oh. Uh, Ruth. Scalia? Oh, Ruth. <laughs> no. No, no, yeah. no. He's dead. Yeah. I guess he's not there anymore. Isn't that think. what you just asked? <laughs> no, have you seen Ruth? Sorry. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, uh, RGB, as they call her, or RBG. Um, Resting. Never mind. <laughs> Come on. Where are we at here? Oh, sorry. I need to. Sorry. I have to. Yeah, that's it. <clears throat> I'm trying to find a video clip of her. Hilarious. Oh, Lindsay. Um, <laughs> so clearly she's in the loop when it comes to our politicians, which I'm okay if they're not. I really like them not, but for whatever this is. Oh. Of course. <laughs> this again. Now this is not a sign of maybe she's losing some of her marbles. Yeah. Uh it's possible. It's possible she could lose a marble. But it is a lifetime appointment. Yeah. Um, I, you know, there's something I just heard about that, and I don't have, I didn't do any research about it. Um, but it's lifetime with a caveat. Yeah. Something. Oh, that they're able to perform their duties something, or something? Yeah. And when they no longer can, Scalia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yeah. This is uh, RBG. <laughs> confirmation of my nomination to the court. The hearing was altogether civil. The vote was 96 to 3. For Justice Scalia, the vote was unanimous. Let's hope members of Congress, the members that Allegheny College has already honored, Vice President Joe Biden and Senator John McCain, the women of the Senate, Senators Dianne Feinstein and Lindsey Graham. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, this is one of the top, supposedly the top legal minds in the country. 
who apparently doesn't have a staff to help write her remarks. Isn't that kind of sexist to assume that a Lindsay, somebody named Lindsay, yes, it is, is a it's woman? absolutely that. Yes, she should recruit, recuse herself Recru- everything. from everything. <laughs> maybe she uh-huh. assumes. Maybe she's maybe she's a, making the attempt to not be transphobic by just assuming it's a lady. Or maybe. Have you ever heard Lindsey Graham talk? Oh, you know, <laughs> I think maybe she's assuming that Lindsey Graham should be. Should be. <laughs> well, he's not married. Right. And hangs out with John McCain a he lot. He takes a wide stance. Him and John McCain are good buddies. <laughs> In the airport. Yep. <laughs> oh, my. What was his name? What which senator was that? Doesn't matter. (laughs) I'm never coming back. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. Oh, you really want his name? I don't know. It was a senator from Idaho, right? I think you're right. The toe tapper. Yeah. Yeah, he had a wide stance. (laughs) Oh, man. Larry Craig. Larry Craig. That's right. Yep. Excellent. Excellent. This is the David Allen Show. DavidAllenShow.com. I saw, you know, a few weeks ago, you know, the... Everybody was just losing their marbles that um, public broadcasting might get defunded from federal. In the oh, federal. I've got a great opinion on that. So we should talk about I that. I found an article from April five, written by is an opinion piece uh, at the New York Times again. Mm. Stanley McChrystal, really the general? I think so. I like to say that leadership is a choice. As our leaders in Washington confront tough decisions about our budget priorities, I urge them to continue federal funding for public broadcasting. Public broadcasting makes our nation smarter, stronger, and yes, safer. What? It's a small public investment that pays huge dividends for Americans, and it shouldn't be pitted against against spending more on improving our military. That's a false choice. This might seem like an unlikely position for me, a 34-year combat veteran, but it's a view that has been shaped by my career leading brave men and women who thrive and win when they are both strong and smart. My experience has taught me that education, trusted institutions, and civil discourse are the lifeblood of a great nation. Public broadcasting plays a special role with young children. According to the Pew Research Center, rising numbers of American children live with one parent or with two parents who both work. My son and daughter-in-law are are a two-income family with two children. A daycare is part of their lives. Many other parents must get by without daycare services. These parents are busy in the morning and busy at night. They want to protect their children from over-commercialized content. (laughs) And they strive to prepare their children for school. Buy them a truck. And and lifelong learning. Having thoughtful television, games, and other media that is not commercially driven. Where's my buzzer? Um, 
is essential to good parenting. Really, so PBS is good parenting. Wow, that's a stretch. Well, it's better than like, I don't know, MTV, yeah. maybe. According to Annie, the Annie E. Casey Foundation, more than half of all kids in our country do not have the opportunity to attend a preschool program. Oh, man. What are we going to do? I have also seen research that PBS local stations reach more children ages 2 to 5 than any other children's network. And the new dedicated PBS Kids Channel is the only free national programming for children that is available anywhere and anytime. Public television works hard to engage young learners and build the skills needed for a jumpstart on life. We need our youngest to be curious, resilient, and emphatic, or <laughs> empathetic. And emphatic <laughs> about being empathetic. <laughs> for the jobs of the future. Public non-commercial broadcasting is also giving kids social emotional skills like persistence and self-control that are fundamental to success in school, not to mention in the military. The institution where I spent most of my career. In our society, I see public media as a lever. It pushes people by elevating them and their sights. It brings them into more thinking and understanding, and it brings us together. The Federal Appropriation for the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, about $445 million annually, supports more than 1,000 television and radio stations at a cost of $1.35 per citizen. President Trump has proposed scrapping the corporation. Okay. Jay, what are your thoughts? Good. Scrap it. <laughs> Done. Uh, next. Do I get a shot at have, this? Yeah, let's have it. No, well, no, let's hear your thoughts. Or do you want to, to hear mine first? Go. Okay. I think that if you're going to scrap it, you should do it based upon principle. And if you're going to scrap it, there are um, huge troughs of money flowing out that you should scrap them first. <clears throat> so I'm I'm more on the principle of it. Me too, hundred percent. So this isn't a this isn't going to make this huge impact on the budget. Yeah, but it's a principle issue. But I I would say, I mean to me it's kind of like the the post office. Um, some people think that you should we should do away with the post office, um, because it puts X amount of money in the hole and whatnot. Um, but, you know, when when prisons are paying for sex change operations and, you know, there's grants going for all these crazy things, when we're um, spending so much money on Medicaid and welfare and food stamps and from people who obviously could work, I think... Do it if there's a comprehensive strategy, but not just do it, do that, if you know what I mean. But to the post office, though, um, that is one of the few institutions that is protected in the Constitution. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The reason it doesn't make money is because government, Congress, mandates it to for its pensions to be fully funded. Mm-hmm. That's you can't do that. No other organization within government mandates that its pensions are fully funded mm-hmm. and actually have the cash on hand. So they can't do that. And a lot of speculation is that is deliberate attempt to get the post office system shut down to privatize it to go to UPS. FedEx, UPS, DHL, yeah. whatever. What that does then it allows the government to get warrants for your mail. 
It is a felony. It's a federal felony to tamper with the U.S. Post Office. Mm. It's not a federal felony to mess with UPS package. Mm. Federal. Yeah. That would be stealing rather sure. than... Yeah, it's different. It's not It's not a federal offense. Mm-hmm. If you touch the U.S. Post Office, it's a federal offense. Well, technically, if you open up your wife's mail... I, I think so, yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a Although felony. Although, I, I would assume that you could go back and have marriage license. You're one, you have, you know, you have joint everything. You probably could get okay, away with it but in like that your, kind of instance. Okay, your parents. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Unless you had power of attorney. Absolutely. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, if someone wanted to push that, that would that could happen. <clears throat> this is the David Allen Show. DavidAllenShow.com. Uh, the email, DavidAllenShow at gmail.com. If you ever want to send us a little note. Um, otherwise, uh, iTunes. We're on the Google Play Store as well. Uh, okay, I think we probably have to go down the uh, internet net neutrality road. Oh, yeah, here we go. Let's hear what Jay has to say. I got nothing. Okay. Okay. Uh, the Bose. Wah, wah, wah. Bose. Speaker Headphone Company. Oh, 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 I saw this. <laughs> um, they say they will fight a lawsuit that claims its app collects user data and shares it with third parties without the user's permission. In a statement, Bose calls the allegations inflammatory and misleading, denying the companion Connect app collects and shares information on users' music and audio choices. Quote, we don't wiretap your communications, we don't sell your information, and we don't use anything we collect to identify you or anyone else by name. Okay. Earlier this week, a complaint filed in U.S. District Court in Illinois alleged the Connect app, which can be used in several headphones with several headphones used or sold by Bose, collects information on what audio or music users listen to and then shares it with third parties. The lawsuit claims the app shared this information with a data mining company. Quote, One's personal audio selections, including music, radio broadcasts, podcasts, and lecture choices, provide an incredible amount of insight into his or her personality, behavior, political views, and personal identity. Reads the complaint, which accuses Bose of violating the Federal Wiretap Act. The plaintiff in the complaint is seeking class action status as well as undisclosed financial damages and for Bose to stop collecting and sharing data without user permission. There are people out there that just read terms of service agreements to find the mistake to and then sue go after them. Because this isn't something new. I mean, do you think that that Spotify doesn't pay attention to what you're listening oh, no. to or Pandora or well, iHeartRadio. That or... That's how they give you tailored content. Right. All of your listening preferences, mm-hmm. they're not secret. It just so happened, I bet you, that Bose probably, somebody didn't pay attention to the fact that, oh, this is a wireless device. We better change the terms of service to classify it as a wireless app. Well, but, but, but this, like this, this, this is a new product they came out with last year, I think. They're QuietComfort 35. Which is their flagship headphone is the, uh, I think, QC25 now. Um, that's wired. The 35 is wireless. 
And so it allows you to connect better, apparently, to your phone. So you use their app. Oh, it's fantastic. Download the app, connect, you're done. Well, in doing that, you now all your your data is running through. They want your information. They want your email. They want your um, age. They want a lot of things about you. How is that different than Pandora? Oh, it's not. I think the point is you don't have to use that app with the headphones, but they want you to. You know, they encourage you, well, you get a better experience if you use the app. This, to me, falls on the consumer. Really? You're going to fall for that marketing game? Well, you can't use the product today. Today. Um, in my business, I was uh, building an ad that's going to go on a, bro- on a program for a sporting event. And I needed to put a QR code so people could scan the QR code and it takes them to a link to another site that I manage. Um, but the code that I had was a, a dynamic QR code, which allows me to constantly change what it points to. So it's a live, it's not like a static QR code. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I can always change it and then redirect it if I want to. That way, if someone keeps the program in a year and I want to move that content where it's pointed, I can just change the QR code so it's not a static. Um, Anyway, the account that I had had gone dormant. And the only way for me to get to it, from what I could tell on the website, was upgrade. The only option, everything was grayed out. I could see underneath it, but the top banner was upgrade. And if I pushed the upgrade button, because it's the only option I had, it would take me to the next page, which had all their their options in bright, pretty colors and just beautiful, you know, nice. And this is what you get with this and all the pros and cons. And I can go to a to a layout view of all of them. And it showed the different levels of of buy, basically, of subscription model. But at the bottom, in almost the same color as the background, Mm. Mm -hmm. it said, do you want to continue with what you had before? (laughs) <laughs> it took me probably 10 minutes to find that. I went back and forth because I knew, I said, there's got to be a way for me to go in and access what I had before, but they made it so in such a way. It's just like when you go to download.com to download a program. I was going to say, that yeah. download oh, or... Download, flashy, C- green C-Net, line. Yeah. They're all the same And way. the one you want is actually the text that's a hot link. But it's that flashy, hey, hey, shiny, shiny ding, ding, ding. So, in my mind, this falls back on the consumer. And so, this is kind of where I stand on this whole idea of government trying to control internet traffic. But in one, but don't Ooh, you totally different, it. totally different. But don't absolutely you, different. What is? But but isn't that part? But isn't how it's is different. it different? Isn't it part of the agreement you sign up when you connect to the web? There, you can be watched. Well, that's not net neutrality. Well, net neutrality, in there's, my so understanding... There's two, there's two issues on the table. But what what were you going to say, David? What, let, if no, we're going to go into net neutrality, we can go there. But Oh, I was just thinking that uh, when they do things like that to throw people off, mm-hmm. I, I mean, in some ways, I think that um, the government should step in to try to make things not so bleeding complicated that... The average person who is not aware of these sort of things. So then, should government jump in and, and then control how the interface of a computer works yeah, to make I've, it easier? Well, in a way, that was already done. I mean, they used to insert one frame of a movie that was a picture of Coke in a in a film when you went to the theater, mm-hmm. so that your 
mind mm-hmm. subliminally caught that and they were catching on that concession sales were going up. Mm-hmm. Well, that became an illegal practice. You can't do that now. Why? What difference does it make? Because you're subliminal. You're, ma- you're manipulating people. You're manipu- yeah, you're manipulating people to get what you want without them being able to consciously make a decision of their own in- intelligently. That's different than net neutrality, though. But I think it would be similar to a used car salesman. I mean, there's there's laws on lemon cars yeah. and okay. stuff However, like that. However, they are hawking a product that's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And so it makes some sense to me that there could be some protections in place to cover you. You are shelling out multiple thousands of dollars. Mm-hmm for a car and so i kind of get some guidelines there it's like you have to there's certain things in a house when you buy a home that need to be in place in order for even get the money for it because who has cash how many people have cash to drop and own a car or uh, a house so it makes sense someone is someone's liable for that money and so they want to know that their investment is valid so only rich people should be protected no, no, what I'm saying is I think that makes sense that there are protections in place, but it's because the money is not mine or yours or whoever buys the, the car or the house. And so that is to protect the lender, really. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. In my in my estimation. Anyways, I think there, the, I, yeah. I think there should be some level. I don't know what that is. It, probably a quite large conversation, but I think there should be some level of legal business ethics. And that's, man, that's probably police by who though. Right. Yeah. It's probably a very super gray subject, but it's done now. I mean, there are certain things that legally a business can't do. Part of that is manipulation or lie, but don't false advertising, but it's, it's part of the responsibility of the citizens to be vigilant on on certain things, and our country is is going down the crapper very quickly. That's actually a really good point. I think no. I think individuals have lost their diligence. Yeah. Now let's think about that for a second. If truth in advertising, mm-hmm. right? Because everything an, on TV is real. It, it has to yeah. be true now. <laughs> but. <laughs> But my, the, but that does no. It though. has to be. Why is that funny? <laughs> okay, yeah. I, I've seen those kid commercials with the car, uh-huh. the Matchbox car. That whole set's not nothing. That nothing's real. That's the imagination of the kids, anyway. Um, but that that is basically regulating truth. Oh, what? so I I can't say that I'm going to sell you um a Ford or a Fiat 500, and you actually end up with a I don't know a Ford Fiesta, Pinto. a Pinto. Yeah. So that—that's a regulation for truth. Oh man, there's there's that'll preach. Mm-hmm. This is—I can't have it both ways. How can they force this and yet not? Anyway, sorry, that's a sidetrack. Carry on. Well, you started do, do, do the you conversation. Do you think the FCC <laughs> has the power to regulate the interweb? Okay, well. Are we talking about the subject you're talking about, or are we because ta- it's net neutrality is different than that? It's it's about access to the like the bandwidth. So, well, so, okay. well, the, so the one piece everyone's freaking out about this this 
ISP regulation that got reversed. Right. That's before not before it went into effect. That's not net neutrality. That's a it was different part subject. of the game though. Well, wasn't that all part of that mm, same? It's but it's two different subjects. But it's all wrapped up together. Nah, no, because what was just reversed was not the net neutrality. It was just the just the portion that allowed internet service providers to collect your data, which happens and now. Sell that hasn't stopped. That's it's currently how it. It wasn't the law hasn't changed. It never went into effect. Right, but they the right the law didn't change because they they created so, a law to change it, right, which would have gone into effect in October it. of this year. Right. And it's no, it's, they basically stopped it from going into effect. Right. So here's, okay, so that's different than net neutrality. So let's tackle that one first. Okay, let's so talk what's about, the... So, that, so internet service providers being able to collect your data... Which they then, currently do. And then sell that. Which they currently can. They, they legally can do that. Correct. So the inherent danger there is you've got... If I go to Facebook, I know that Facebook is advertising to me. You're also in their universe. Correct. You're inside, and that's where they want right. you to be. That's why it now looks like Instagram. Correct. Even though they own that one. When I sign up for Gmail, I'm agreeing that Google has Alphabet the, can look at all your stuff. There you mm-hmm. go. All right. So, but Google doesn't see what I'm doing on Facebook. Unless I use the Google app inside of Facebook. It, well, that's a bad example, but... So I would Instagram. Or unless you log okay. into everything there with Facebook. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then I'm agreeing sure. that I'm going to allow. Right. Okay. The The principal difference is if I go to, I can opt to not have a Facebook account. Mm-hmm. And now Facebook doesn't know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I can opt to not use Gmail. And Gmail doesn't know what I'm doing. But I can't opt to use the internet without a service provider. So currently, currently. Mm-hmm. well, no. How would you get online? No, no, no. What I'm plan? saying is that that's no different than like the law didn't change that, right? So the ability for a service provider, your AT and T, your Comcast, your local provider here, your ability for them to track where you go, categorize that, and sell that information would be the equivalent of your phone company tracking where you place phone calls and how long you're on that call and packaging that information and selling it. Which they are currently doing. Not The phone company legally can't do that. No, no, no. That. I know the inter- internet service provider is. Though. Well, some of them say they don't. Like Comcast, Verizon, they say that they're not doing that. Mm-hmm. But legally they can but so if they're the, not, then I mean, other than a a law on a book that's that is something more concrete that tells them they can't. Well, what the law was intended to do mm-hmm. was not stop them from doing it. What the law was going to do was to force them to get your permission. So you would have had to say, you would have had to opt in. Mm-hmm. Right. So, I mean, if you're given a form that says, here, would you mind signing this so that we can track what you're doing and sell it to other people? Well, could could they have said, oh, or the, maybe they couldn't have said, um, if you don't want to do this, then we're not going to provide you services. I don't know how the law was written if that would have been an option, but I would imagine, sure, they could have. They could have said, by agreeing to our, by agreeing to use our service, you're agreeing to these terms of services, just like Facebook. 
you can decline the terms of service and then, but then you don't get to use the service. Exactly. So the vast, vast, vast majority of people would go, I don't care. Or pick a different service. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But if all of them do it, what difference, you know? But the, the, right. But the principal point, the, the principal point being the reason why my opinion, the reason why I'm bothered by this allowance is mm-hmm. let's take that, let's take this to the evil step. How do you get on the no fly list? Who knows? How do you get off? How do you get off the no fly list? Who knows? Who knows? No, how do no you dude know, process. How do you know if you're on the no fly list? You try to fly and they won't let you. Okay, so there isn't a process to notify you that you are. There isn't a process that we know of documented to get on, and there isn't a documented process to get off. Right? Sure. Okay. So what if I visit gun shops online? I visit holster shops online. I purchase some ammo online. I start taking a look at colleges, and then I buy an airline ticket. Mm-hmm. And that information is then packaged and provided to an agency. Now I'm on the no-fly list. Okay, so, Pi, what's his name? Pi, Pai, how you say his name? I don't know. The new FCC chair, P-A-I. Sure. Um. Anyway. Pi! He was the lone dissenting vote on the FCC's three-person back when Wheeler ran it. When these, these oh, but went it, into is effect. he running it now? He's in charge now. Yeah, yeah. In his dissent, his main complaint was that what he saw, he said, was a double standard. He said that the order unfairly struck ISPs with stricter rules than internet companies like Google, which are able to harvest and monetize personal data more freely under looser guidelines. Now, I don't know what those are from the Federal Trade Commission. I don't know how, how that is different, but I, I could agree. They should all be the same. You, but you're you're mixing apples and oranges. You're mixing You're mixing a business on the internet with the provider that gets you to that business. But aren't you, when you purchase access through an ISP, aren't you giving them that right? But, well, you are now. But yeah. isn't isn't the just difference... like if I sign up for Google, I'm giving them that right. But What's I the can, difference? But I could opt not to sign up for Google. And but let, but let me ask. Okay, let me ask. If if it seems to me the difference is if you put a bug on somebody's glasses that sees everything they see and hears everything they they hear all day long versus a bug in a business. So when you walk into the right. business, they That's can the see difference. everything. That's the difference. But then you leave, they can't see anything. Right. The, so the difference is if you live in Minnesota, businesses have surveillance. So if you walk into a business, the business is, it's advertised before you even walk in this business, you're on camera. The business next door, no surveillance. I have the option, which business to go into across the border in South Dakota. The businesses don't have surveillance in order to enter this town and do business. I have to wear a camera. That's the difference. The difference is when you're online with a service provider, they see every single place that you go and collectively can sell your package where you go. So it's a comprehensive big brother. Absolutely. Thing. So here's but but it's, so is it really another, wearing a camera or is it there's cameras in the street? No, no, no. Rather than in no, the business. No, 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 no. You're wearing it. Because they track you. They know where you go because your your service is assigned to you. So they can see everywhere you go. 
So think of this think of this as an option. So right now, this this is why I think this is happening. This is my this is where my brain goes into conspiracy. Right now, if the government wants to pay attention to me because I'm a person of interest, they have to get a warrant to track where I've been. Right? Okay. So what's to stop the government from creating a shell corporation that now just buys targeted lists of people that visit in a 30-day period gun stores, ammo stores, um, this particular religion, this type of clothing, and college websites? And we want to buy that list every 30 days. Can they now? Well, legally, they can right now. Okay. Because it's being tracked. Everywhere you go is packaged as you. I can sit right now. My computer is connected to your internet. I could go surf. How do I shoot a school and get away with it? That's on your internet. You're tracked. Okay. So, but that's current. So what would this law have done? Required you to give your okay. Correct. So, so it, but where I think the town analogy that would be like when you come to town, you they can just either close their eyes. No, no. If you want to come to town, you have to use this camera. Nope. Potentially, I don't want, I don't want a camera. Okay, okay then, then you, you have can't. to you have to shop in a different town. Yeah. Okay. So in some in some ways, if everybody said no, you have to do this. This is part of the cost of doing business. Then it would be like, okay, it is what it is. But you might be more vigilant and whatnot. Right, but this is this is one this is removing the voluntary anonymity of somebody online. Not like you're really anonymous online, but mm-hmm. this is blatantly giving a company the authorization to say, We're gonna watch everywhere you go, we can package that in some way, shape, or form, and we can sell it. Now when if you they choose. Sure. When when you click on some of these things, does that authorize them to take over your computer and turn no, on your Not unless it's in their terms of service. Okay. Which But like some of them, <clears throat> yeah. Like some of them if you're not careful with the way that you do it, when you're if you have I don't know how Android works, but if you're on an iPhone, there are some apps that say, do you want to give this app access to your location at all times? Oh, yeah. And you say, allow or don't allow. Mm-hmm. Do you want to give this app access to your microphone? Allow or don't allow. Mm-hmm. Well, if you allow it, you're giving it permission. That was one of the things with Facebook not too long ago. One of the big controversies with their upgrade on their app was you would give them permission to your contact list in your phone. Messenger. Messenger. Facebook Messenger. Yeah. yeah, that's what it was. And that's why I I, I don't use Facebook Messenger. Mainly because I already have a stupid messaging app. I don't want another one. I have two, actually. One of them is so I can contact someone in China because Facebook and Messenger uh, and iMessage I don't think are authorized in China. Um, But WeChat is. Okay. So, I mean, they're monitoring that, but whatever, you know. But that's a single app that mm-hmm. you know is being monitored mm-hmm. versus everywhere you go. See, that that's the real difference is if the the consequences that aren't being realized 
is that everywhere you go can be tracked and packaged and put together to look like you're bad. What? Okay, here you go. How about this? A company that is pro-abortion starts buying advertising databases from Comcast, and they want to know every business internet service that in the last 30 days has visited a conservative website, a pro-life website, and has visited the campaign of a pro-life candidate. And now they buy those packages right before election time so that they can stand outside your door and protest. Okay. Because they see everywhere you go. Mm Mm-hmm. Not just not just going into Facebook and you get sold advertising based off of what you view inside of Facebook. So why can't a VPN oh, fix that? Another thing you could that's what's gonna become big is VPNs. <clears throat> but there's conversation that a VPN would be considered circumventing the law. What's the difference? Uh, a, v- well, it's a VPN is, your ISP telling right. it's saying it's coming from somewhere else, right? Oh okay. yeah. So what happens is I go from here, like I could log into my VPN at work. I go yeah. from here to work. And then I'm essentially, every time I browse the web, the web thinks I'm connected to work. Yeah. So VPN services could become, this is where there used to be, and there still are, but there's these things called proxy servers that you could connect to a proxy. And then from the proxy, you could go do something you weren't supposed to do or that you didn't want people to know you were doing, whatever. Okay, well, same thing, VPN services. So there's going to end up becoming, I think, there's going to become services where, as an ISP, you not only sell your ISP, but here we're going to offer you a VPN also. And that VPN means they're not going to trace you. They're going to see your traffic as though it's coming from here. Now, in say I remotely log into a machine on a different network, and then through that I log. So then that, that then all the traffic's coming from that. Mm-hmm. So it's the same concept, but it's it's anonymous in theory, correct? Well, unless the machine you're connecting to is logging everything, well, like which, in which my it would be, I assume. Like in my example, if I connected from here to my work VPN and then started browsing the web, everybody on the web is going to think that I'm coming from my place of employment. Mm-hmm. But on my firewall at work. My VPN is tracking everywhere I am. Mm-hmm. That's kind of a legality thing. I mean, there's if you do things legally, there is a way for the feds to be able to track back or a warrant to be able to track where you have been. Couldn't you daisy chain a bunch of VPNs and gets? I mean, your your speeds get pretty hampered, yeah. don't they, when you start filtering it through that? But yeah. I mean, this you're is you're talking how... about stuff that hack. Yeah, that's what hackers do. They hop to a hop to a hop. Okay, and they hide their they hide their presence in a certain. Uh, I way. mean, this is how my friend in China right now can get on Facebook. Is he bought access to a, a VPN service that allows him to log in that way? It's just laggy, it's yeah. slowish. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's how he can get on Facebook. Otherwise, it's it's blocked on all Chinese networks. It's blocked, and that was the reason to do because Skype is also blocked, but WeChat has um, communication back and forth within that app. So that was one thing that uh, in order to make it faster to get around that 
the VPN delay, I guess, latency. Mm. Um, then we just did that, and it was easier. the the reason The reason that I'm I'm so against this in my own in in my mind is it isn't. If I come in here and I purchase a service from you, you can track what I'm doing within your business. But to collectively be able to know all of the businesses that I visit and then be able to utilize that data in some way is is quite anti-privacy. Well, then you have to go to, is the internet a public utility? And that then starts another discussion. Because if, if it is like a telecom an actual phone company, um, well, then it does use, fall into different you're right. rules. But but if it is a, an interweb of the network now, I mean, it's so, the backbone is so controlled now by Amazon and who else? Well, who, let me ask you this. Who has most of the servers? Google. Who else has yeah. most, you know? I mean, well, ask the question though. Do you feel that it's appropriate? Would you have a problem? If you knew your phone company tracked all of your phone calls, but they do caller ID'd them, and then was legally able to package who you called and how long you spoke to those people, and sell that data. Legally, no, they cannot do that. No, no, no not selling it. So, would you be okay with that? Would you be okay with your car manufacturer that has OnStar legally able to track where you go because you have OnStar? Who says they don't? And then sell where you drive. But the biggest thing is selling it. Right. Yeah. Would you be okay with the but, fact that your your cell phone map app tracks where you are and then your cell phone is able to sell that? No, Waze does that. Um <laughs> Comcast, AT&T, and Verizon have said they have no plans to start selling this. Whatever. They don't, and they have no plans. Yeah, eventually so, they will. So, I, I, I don't know. So I what mean, about mid-continent there? Well, well, okay, that. what about local, small ISPs? They're buying their access from who? From one of the bigger guys. Right, so whether you buy from someone small or not, I mean, they're... It's all it's all really getting funneled through the same people. Yeah, but even Comcast buys their their backbone from somebody else. Right. But probably from the same person everyone else buys from. Th- but this they is, just get a better deal. This is yeah. the argument. So much, yeah. th- this is the argument if you get pulled over by a cop and they ask to search a car and you say no and they say why if you haven't done anything wrong you don't have anything to fear. I'm sure that's the argument that the average person either hears or thinks about, I don't have anything to hide. I'm an open book, so why not? So even if they start do start doing it, it's the average person's going to... Right, but then you can make up probable cause. Yeah, but well, I know... But of course you can. Here, but, but now I know that you visited a gun store, and I know that you visited a fertilizer store, and I know that you visited... You drove by the children's school, so you must be up to no good. Here's or the you piece might that be. I... the The part that is I mean this was sold a month ago as holy crap they just changed the rules and now everybody is they're going to sell it off sell all your content 
What was never talked about is this rule was never in place. And I think that's my biggest issue with this whole story. Now, I, I agree if we we don't necessarily want the eye in the sky watching us. I well, get that. But, okay. But none of this has been put in place yet, but it was sold on all the tech blogs that holy cow, they they just it's all they're selling it. They're selling all your data. Well, couldn't we call back to isn't it your due diligence to actually look into what actually happened? Well, of course. Because I knew immediately what actually happened. Right. I didn't buy into the hype. I just knew what happened. Yeah, but the average person But right. if we're going but down the Bose road, isn't it? are we yeah. going down the Bose road? Where well, it's up to the consumer. Well, the the do the due diligence. I could I could say that when you, if you get into a car crash, I could say that for you. Um, anytime you go to the doctor, you didn't do your due diligence. I mean, you could use that for anything that any misfortune that happens. Right. Yeah, I agree. But I so no, the law wasn't. Does that matter at this point? Why does why? Well, is, no, why and, and so my my point though is I don't know if this matters at all. You know, and 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 because of you know, they 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 the FCC group voted to go back, and then Congress passed it, and Trump signed it. That took that piece out of that law that they had passed in fifteen. That wasn't set to go into effect till later this year. So they passed it in fifteen, and there oh, it was, it was like a phased in thing. Is that what they? I were think doing? I think that I think that's what I read. So net neutrality, though that okay, that was that's the first different, yeah. Well, but in 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 that original piece, that was all part of the that regulation that got sent down, right? But this was all part the, of that. The piece that was reversed was not the net neutrality piece. So net neutrality is something completely different. Net neutrality is the concept that a service provider doesn't have the authority or the right to throttle services or increase services based on a fee. So the example, the, the best way to explain that is I, as an end user, I have 20 meg synchronous at my house, fiber to my, fiber to my door, 20 up, 20 down. That's what I pay for. David may only have 50 and 5. So I get faster upload speeds. Okay. Well, I can pay for 100. Okay. That's what I pay for. When I connect to Netflix, I expect to get Netflix at 100. Well, net neutrality says if net neutrality is not in existence, then my service provider has the authority to say, Netflix, if you want to deliver to 100... You've got to pay us. So Netflix could say, I'm not going to pay you to go 100. We're just going to pay for 20. So now I'm paying for 100, but I only get Netflix at 20. So the idea is, the idea is this. When you, when you ship a package, if I pay to ship the package. Like next day delivery. Next day delivery. That's how fast the package should move. But does the Postal Service have the right to then charge the other person to accept it on next day? Or can they say, it's going to deliver next day. But if you want it next day, you've also got to pay us too. Mm -hmm. So you're throttling at both ends. and and then, But really what you're doing is you're throttling in the middle. 
because Netflix Netflix pays their service provider for a certain size pipe. So they pay for, let's say Netflix pays for 20 one gig pipes and they're buying that from Comcast. We'll just say Comcast. Okay. Well, now my local my local provider could say, if you want to deliver at 100, you've got to pay us too. Well, so what, net ne- what net neutrality does is they say that the provider cannot throttle up or down a company based off of a fee for service. So if Netflix pays for 20 gig from Comcast, then Netflix gets 20 gig up to wherever I am. And if I'm if I have 100 meg, I get 100 meg. I don't it's not throttled somewhere in between. So where's the controversy? Well, it, it the controversy The controversy is if Netflix pays for 20 gig from Comcast, non-net neutrality is that my service provider can force Netflix to pay a fee in order to deliver at a higher rate or a slower rate. So my service provider could say, hmm, we're getting more money from Amazon video, so we're going to prioritize their video. So any customer that uses Amazon gets it faster than Netflix. So now what you're forcing every ser- every company to do is to pay every service provider for faster service in between. Yeah, no. So I, net neutrality. Well, I understand that other prices would go up, but what? where's the controversy? Why would people be against net neutrality if what you said is true? Why hasn't this just flown right through? It's It passed last year. Oh, it did? Okay. Yeah, okay. it passed last year. Okay. But there are some people that are against net neutrality. They feel like this is a model for business. Why should the FCC step in and say you can't charge somebody for faster access? It's not the problem is it's not access on the front end of anybody's service, it's access in the middle. So now whoever goes in the middle and you know how the web works when when I connect to Netflix, it isn't just my provider and their provider. There's 42 other routers in the middle. Mm-hmm. So now Netflix has to have the responsibility to make sure that all of those routers in the middle get paid the fee to go at the right speed. Well, but what Netflix does is they have a box full of all the hottest movies, and they set it at the ISP. They'll drop it at your local ISP, so you get that. It's closer. You're not going through all of that. So Netflix has those boxes that they put out at in the bigger, bigger um, markets. Sure. So, so, I, so they I'm solve the problem pulling. with net right. neutrality. So I'm not pulling from Netflix necessarily from their central server. I'm pulling from a sub-server that has all the latest stuff that's that's hot. And so then if I want something else, that's going to come from a different server. I see. And that happens all day long. They can, they have a 17 terabyte box they throw or whatever. Just, that's just full. And that sits at the ISP. I I thought one of the controversies with net neutrality was that that's not the only piece. Net neutrality is also that all content is available to everybody. So if I sign up for an internet service provider, my internet service provider cannot um, filter my content. So if I want to go look at guns, I can go look at guns. If I want to go look at whatever, I can go look at whatever, as long as it's not illegal. 
Well, but I, then but that's then part of the game is they get they get to determine what's illegal and what's not. And so then you get into a big time slippery slope of yeah. legal and illegal content yeah. on the web. And so then who gets to make that call of what's illegal and what's not? If we have a free and open web, you don't have that. I mean, you, I mean, what what is a free and open web if there's this whole list of things that you're not allowed to say or do? Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's the bigger issue with net neutrality is this idea that they get to now set up guidelines of what you're allowed to say. If I'm on a phone no, call they and, don't I, now. and I say certain things, because, well, with net neutrality they will. No, because net, no, no, no. Net neutrality is that the web is free and open. You go wherever you want to go. As long and as it's, you could, as long as it's lawful legal content, no, I don't think so. I think net neutrality means it's wide open. Well, th- that's what they want it to sound like, but that that's not the, some of the reporting that I've heard. When you dig into what that actually is, there's lots of legal content wording mm. that yeah, go all the way you want as long as it's in within on these roads. But you get over here, and now you can't because that's not legal or lawful content. That's my biggest problem with the whole thing is now we have some authority that's determining what legal lawful content is. And some of it's going to be start being narrowed down to these journalists, these blogs. Yeah, they're not authorized. They're not in the safe because we're network. Not, we're not going to propagate fake news. Sure. Or, yeah. or we're not going to ha- allow that kind of talk. You can't say gay. You can't say these homonormative words technically until it becomes a law, but heteronormative. I'd have, to, I'd have to dig back into that. Cause I understood it differently. I understood that net neutrality, you know, the, the one piece is you can't throttle bandwidth based off of charging a company like Netflix sure. to go faster or slower. And that I don't have a problem with. I don't think, but then the other piece is, but but if Netflix has 100 million subscribers, which they're over 90 million, it's outrageous. Um, why shouldn't they be, I mean, their content is going out like crazy. I mean, the amount of stream that's coming down from Netflix is ridiculous. And then if I hosted a, a little video, something on my my little server, it makes no sense that mine wouldn't get caught up in the mix. No, and slow down. Okay. That makes no sense. You're confusing two issues, though. When when Netflix pays for their pipe, they're paying for 20 gig service at their service provider. How it gets to you, mm-hmm. the only throttling mechanism between Netflix and you is the allowance of the hardware in between. Okay. Okay. So now you have your own little video service. Mm-hmm. Well, you can't afford a 20 gig pipe at your service provider, so you've got a 1 gig pipe. Mm-hmm. Well, if you have a 1 gig, loser. I know, right? <laughs> lame. Weenie. <laughs> if you've got a 1 gig pipe, you only get 1 gig. So you couldn't handle 17 million users on your 1 gig pipe. Correct. Does that make sense? Well, yeah. That's not net neutrality. Net neutrality is in the middle, you have to pay all of those routers in the middle. If you happen to bridge over the top of a Comcast router, Comcast has the right to charge you in the middle. Mm -hmm. 
if you want faster access in the middle. Well, now you're changing the game. Because think of the number of you think of the number of routers in the middle. If you're in Boston and I want to watch your video service in California, mm-hmm. how many different routers and how many different mm-hmm. service providers does that clip through? Okay. But here, FCC.gov, their open internet tab, the first paragraph says, the FCC's open internet rules protect and maintain open uninhibited access to legal online content without broadband internet access providers being allowed to block, impair, or establish fast, slow lanes to lawful content. That, I think, is the biggest danger of this whole conversation. Who determines what in the world lawful content is? I don't think that's any different than any other business. You couldn't get a business license in the city that you work right now if it was an illegal business. But that, You couldn't open up a right. pedophile porn shop in town. <laughs> well, but, but because that, that it's an illegal business. on the interweb. Well, right, but there are, not legally, in well, the United States. Well, it is by the FBI, but... Sorry. Yes, you're right. But that's it's, the no, difference. No, it's not. Yeah. But I mean, th- so all they're doing is they're setting up a mercantile online that follows a similar permit process, I guess, what I would say. I mean, to your local town. You don't expect anything different. You can't. You couldn't let somebody get a business permit or a business license for, for white Ill- slavery for an illegal business. No. No paid prioritization. Broadband providers may not favor some lawful internet traffic over other lawful traffic. That's what I thought. In exchange that's for what consideration I thought net neutrality was, is that they might speed it up for right. Amazon, slow it down for you because Amazon pays right. better. Right. Yeah. Well, so or more people are, or more people are going there. Doesn't it make sense that if more traffic's going somewhere, you're it's going to get there first? Doesn't that just make sense though? Maybe. Because like in the like, rideshare like lane on the well, freeway? My hard hard drive server box that I have has five spinning drives and then a solid state drive. That solid state drive is there for the content David, I'm using. Mine has eight. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I got a turtle. The, the, the content I'm actually using goes on the faster SSD. And it gets prioritized because my access is there. To me, it makes no sense that you would tell someone like a Netflix or even Google. I mean, who? Where else do you search? That because just because you have more people use you, you still aren't allowed to come faster to the people that are actually asking for the question. It's not their front end pipe that's being talked about. It's the middle person. So, <clears throat> okay. But but let's say let's say my ISP here, my local ISP, they look at all their their bandwidth, and the majority is Netflix. I'm sure it is. Let's say it's seventy percent Netflix. Why can't they prioritize that content? If that's the bulk of their business, wouldn't it make sense for them to be able to do that? Okay. So, if the majority of phone calls in this town go to the movie theater. Do you think that your phone calls should take a lower priority? Can we now bump your phone call? Well, (laughs) 
I used to be in a party line, but I used to be in a party <laughs> line too. <laughs> well, if it was a utility, I think. Well, and you the, but this is the whole conversation. The the people that are pro net neutrality want it to be regulated like a utility, a public utility, and I think that's dangerous. Because then it gets into what's allowed. On a phone, you can't say certain things because they will trigger certain responses. And so, Well, you know, we've talked about, um, you know, the, the people, the Christian bakers who won't serve the mm-hmm. gay couple. Well, that battle was lost back in the civil rights movement where, right. where businesses weren't allowed to discriminate against. Mm-hmm. Not that that is a good thing, but... The principle should be, this is your business. You can do whatever you want to it. And if you tick off enough people, you're going to go out of business. So right. like with a service but, but provider. I, I, in my business, if I'm open to the public, I can't have smoking. Or, or in, in a restaurant. Yeah. You can't yeah. have smoking in a restaurant. But I, or a bar. But I think... By law. I see your point with the net neutrality. If it was like, okay, maybe... If if you have two service providers and this one it's slower because they prioritize and this other one is faster because they don't, well, you're going to draw. I mean, there should be some kind of equilibrium, kind of the uh, uh, the what you call it the uh, the invisible hand that Adam Smith was talking about with the, in economies that you know uh, uh, goods and services will be allocated. Based upon people's uh, um, how it how it uh, it it serves them, so I mean I could see the point for I could see your point if it's if if they're going to say this is a utility, an essential utility, then I could see the net neutrality if, if on on I could I I would back more. Um, uh, uh, Alan in one sense, but I can see your point too in the middle, uh, you know, the routers in the middle, how they would, it could severely increase the cost of doing business if they have to pay different fees for all the routers in between. If the only rule was the middle interchanges of network couldn't set a toll for traffic to move through which i which is kind of the concept i believe right so so then they could say oh you want to come down my road all right it costs x you you want to get your netflix to come down my path you're gonna have to pay a certain amount to get on the road correct okay you like small business right but i mean but is that it if that was the only piece of this that's not the only piece that's i'm just trying to give you the example of what that means ah um (laughs) But you started okay. it. Excellent. Example would be, do you use a local provider for your ISP here? Mm-hmm. Because that's probably, yeah. So you use a local provider to this town, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So you're a local business. You provide business in this town, mm-hmm. and you use a local provider. What if somebody could provide the exact same service that you provide, but they could do it all over the web, and they could pay your service provider more money to prioritize their business so that it made it difficult for you to actually function. But in principle, couldn't 
that be a business opportunity for somebody to come in and take up all the customers? I mean, eventually, at a certain point, I would think that would be a um, just like just like anything else. Like if you have a if you have a fitness center, and you go to one of the factories and say, you know, I'll let if everybody of if all of your people come. Um, I'll give you a break. I'll only charge you $20 a person, but I'm charging everybody else 50. And if they all come and the fitness center is always full, if people want to work out, another fitness center will pop up that will service those people. Yeah, I see I see the argument. I don't I don't necessarily I think the <clears throat> excuse me. I think the reason that this becomes a challenge for me is you're allowing I pay for my service as a consumer. Mm-hmm. The business pays for their service as a business on their end. So if I want access to that business, I expect to be able to get it at the speed that I pay for. But, but that's but not this assumes that the provider on the other end has the ability to get it to you that fast, right? Now Netflix does. I mean, there's they have to. But Netflix have... isn't the provider. Well, I mean, but it's coming. It's coming from them. They have the output capacity, right? I assume. Well, because they're buying it from all of the ISPs. Sure. Right. Okay, but if Netflix doesn't pay my local provider my local provider has the option to throttle them down. Mm -hmm. And now I don't get the service that I've paid for as a consumer. But you're not paying your ISP for Netflix service. No, but my service is now being regulated. So why couldn't you go to your ISP and say, hi, I want to use you, but I noticed that you are cutting down this other service that I am going for. I want to use, um, and if you don't change it, it I'll go, go to here. a different one. And they may say, okay, see you later. Is that, I mean, w- would that be an answer? I, you know, it, it's interesting because as we're talking about this, I'm, I'm, it's, it, it forces me to realize that I sit on the side of the fence that internet should be treated more like a utility than it should be a luxury. Huh. And it's, that's a... That, I, I think that's totally fair. Then. I hadn't... Yeah. I, I didn't know that I really sat on that camp, but I, I... I'd have to evaluate that. Huh. I'd have to reevaluate that. My concern with turning it into a full-on utility that is regulated under Title II of whatever the code is, um, 1935, I think is when that was written, the Telecommunications Code. It's the regulation. Th- right. That then, if, if it goes under that... It changes what the internet is. It changes it to a very controlled, only certain things are going to be allowed to be accessed. And that will end up being this lawful content that is set up by somebody, by some um, rule making. Why does that necessarily need to be true? Because electricity is considered a public utility, but that doesn't define what you can use that electricity for. You purchase electricity. You can use it for whatever you want. But there's less there's less information. Meth lab. There's less information with electricity with okay, the internet. Legal. legal. Right. So but it's the same thing then. It goes back to legal use. I, I can't fire up um a 
I can't use electricity to start a nuke reactor in my backyard. Sure. So I I don't know. Well, you don't but know. why is that different? Tried? Why is that different with the web? Why should why should the internet be treated different than that? And I think you know what? Maybe this is well, why. But, but maybe this what, is why. What the, is legal content? Does legal content say that? What's if legal I, but, content when you apply for a business permit? How is it different? Why does it have to be treated different than that? But if I apply for a business permit, that's one thing. I'm I'm applying to provide a service for that people will pay me for. Let's say I want to jump on the web and I want to create a blog. Well, and my blog is strictly um, critiquing food. But that's legal in the United States. But, it's legal. But maybe my the next piece of my blog, I'm going to go and I'm going to start critiquing politicians, and I start walking down a road that's not politically correct. But that's still that's, legal. But still right legal. now it is. Yes. The point is they have a legal content boundary already set, and then all they have to do then is go and say, well, now, in order for you to be legally on the net as a as a broadcaster, like to do a podcast, um, you have to get a license. Otherwise, you're not legal and no one will see you. So then they're creating um, this. They're doing this with the content that's available to you. But if they're doing that, then they're trying to squash dissent. Oh, well, and, yeah. And it w- they would take it in a different direction. But how, how else do you control a free and open internet? And control the content on it. You begin to set up boundaries which say, okay, within here. Right now on Twitter, well, you can't talk about that because that's hate speech. And so now we're going to start taking you down. If Twitter doesn't take down this hate speech well, that's different, based though. on governments that's asking that's them to the do government. it. No, no, that's different. But, because governments, that's, but governments asking them to do it. That's Twitter's terms of service that you agree to. Right, but government can come and say, hey. This stuff we deem is hate speech. But Twitter and doesn't so have to, to do take it, it down. Uh, well, but they get pressured pretty heavy to do it. And when they don't, they get bad PR. And so then they do it. But I would argue if you are online and you're conducting business for profit, you do have to have a business license. You already do. Well, well, yeah, if I was selling something. Right. If I was selling a product. But if you just opened a coffee shop, no, excuse me, if you just rented a building... Mm-hmm. And you weren't making money, and the equivalent on Main Street here would be that you just stand there and you talk all day long. That would be the equivalent of a blog, but downtown. You don't have to have a business license for that. But but I, but okay, let's go down that road. Let's say then that the, your Main Street location, there are rules regarding the businesses that say in order to be a business on Main Street, you have to actually provide it service let's say and then there are guidelines for the service well i maybe that's not part of the guideline so i can't do that because it's not legal lawful content i can rent the space all day long but i can't do what i want to do out of it to me, to me it just sets the stage for <laughs> well more of a shadow government to control speech and control what's allowed and what's legal and what's lawful because at, at, at some point speech should be allowed to go whether I like it or not. But right now, sp- speech is not regulated unless it's illegal. But speech right, isn't but, legal or illegal right now. But there are... But I mean, it is, there, though. There it, are, it is. I mean, they're, they're hate speech. Yeah, but it's not illegal, not, not in the United States. It is in Canada. Not yet. What? You can be, you can be prosecuted for, for what? hate crime based on... Not how you uh, yes no not for not, not for, for saying something not, not for, in the United States you can't not for speaking. have you guys li- read any of the news lately 
Yeah, like, <laughs> has anybody... I don't know if they've been prosecuted. Exactly. Yeah, essentially. I, don't, I don't think there's been prosecution for like hate if speech. Like, if, you know, the, the classical definition, if you cry fire in a crowded theater, mm-hmm. you could be prosecuted for that. That's not that's not free speech because of the... Uh, if you incite violence. And you've encroached on somebody else's safety. But just saying bad stuff... I just don't like the idea of giving more government control to lawful to, so, to determine what lawful content. So and basically, I, I, I am I, I want less government control. Yeah, and for me, allowing the government to come in and set standards on what's allowed online is extremely dangerous. And th- I think that really is the the foundation of my aversion to it. I don't want them in here telling me what I can and can't do. So you would be okay with the internet? The parameters of what you can say are the same as what you can say in general society, that you can legally say in general society. Because it's not going to be more broad in the Internet. If if you can't say something in society, they're not going to allow you to say it on the Internet. Who's not? The government. I mean, you can't do something more on the Internet than you can do in real life. Like, you can't swindle somebody in real life, but you can swindle somebody in the Internet. I mean, they don't... No, but you're not supposed to. That, that would be illegal, Exactly. It? Exactly. That would be illegal. So, if you can... If you can't do something, you know, talking to somebody or calling somebody, saying something, um, using your speech to say or do something that, that the society, that the government says is illegal, they're not going to allow that on the Internet. And that's already regulated within the United States. You can't legally operate in the United States a pedophile website. You can't legally operate in the United States a gambling website. You can't... I mean, there are already laws against that. Sure. They exist online, and people access them from within the United States, but you can't have a legal business in the United States doing that online. You can't have your server in the United States doing that. Okay, but but a lot of that has to do with actual money that's changing hands. No, it's legal business. Legal or not legal business. I could not open a brothel on this main street because it is not a legal business. Correct. But I think his point was the the business's money. Well, well the stuff that's illegal that you couldn't do, like you can't, you can't gamble online. Well, that's a money situation. But slander. There's... I mean, you can't slander somebody. Sure you can. Well, you can, but not then you legally. get prosecuted. Yeah, exactly. Right. right. So if you do yeah. it online, it would be the same thing. It would be illegal online. But I think to your point is, you know, are they going to change the definition of slander because it's very... It's, well, it's already fluid. It's easier right to do now. it in Europe than it is here, you know, to, sl- well, to get convicted. Right. And the more you can shut down what people can type and what they're allowed to type and where they're allowed to do it online... I think it becomes dangerous. So your fear is your fear is that allowing net neutrality is going to enable the government to further regulate free speech. Absolutely. Yes. I I, I think that is one of the foundational issues I have with it. Yeah. I mean, and I can see that slope. I see it. I see that as the same slope. It's the same That's challenge. The beer store? Yeah. No, I see it as the same challenge that I have 
I'm not sure I agree, but I can see it as the same challenge that I have that service providers can collect your data and sell it. Because what's to stop the government from now creating a shell corporation to buy data that's targeted to look for certain things? Yeah. Or even um, or even a company a clandestinely pl- well, take over Google and but there are I mean Amazon if you think about it if you go to the utility concept they're already doing that in the tele- telephone industry I mean there you have to there's monitors on the telephone lines no. to monitor for are you kidding no they can't oh really <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I knew that. And so that, especially, I mean, if the president's anywhere near, that's a huge radius that they monitor everything for days and days prior and after. Everything. Any communication. And that, for whatever, we can that's decide that's okay. That's national security to keep you safe. Oh, you're right. But can't, keep me safe, yeah. Can't two servers communicate with each other um, using not, encryption? Not if they're both male. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, okay. But do you know well, what I mean? Well, that was something I brought up with Jay few weeks ago when talking about this what does encryption do all that does is it locks down the content you're shipping it puts it in a blank box yeah. essentially right right so the so content you, you wouldn't be able to see right. but you can see the box and where it's going but you can see the box and you can see the, where the box right. is going but if you have groups of two groups of people and they want to communicate to each other you can't tell if it's illegal or not well that, unless that's they why force you to we have to that. be able to see your content it's the whole fingerprint reader on your phone mm-hmm What's wrong with that? Well, no. Well, you can be compelled against your will to give your fingerprint. Oh. You cannot be compelled against your will to tell them your password. Oh. Oh. So. I I have a fingerprint reader. So do I. Me yeah. too. I, mean, I, I use, use it. it. Yeah. I do too. It's really convenient. And that's, you know. But in a situation where um, they might, the authorities may want access to my phone. Um, I can be compelled against my will to um, put my finger on it. You're just going to take a nap. Now. Just take a nap. There are ways <laughs> to get around down, that. Count down from 10. There are ways to get around that. You use the wrong finger more than once. Or like twice, I think. Oh. Until it forces it to want to require the actual password <laughs> punched in. Oh, that's a good I point. A, I had a that's buddy. A good point. <laughs> I, I had a, yeah. That's a really I had good a buddy point. that said... He used his toe. That's insane, though. Serious. But that's a hold on. I need to get in my phone. Just Is he missing his <laughs> arms or something? Does he do everything nope. with? No, his no, no. He just he had he used his toe to get. That was his fingerprint for his phone. So every time he wanted to get on his phone, he had to take his shoes off or type the password. Why bother with the fingerprint? I don't know. At that point, that's I know. It, <laughs> I think it was more. I think it was more one of those you know novelty kind of things. Okay. All right. Then that's funny. I didn't know if he had, <laughs> you know, traumatic brain injury or something like that. Or, Possibly, but oh. that's not why he did it. Oh. <clears throat> oh. Did we anyway, beat that horse? I, I don't know if we've we've uh, gotten anything done, but it's interesting. I mean, I I enjoyed the conversations. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I, I think I, here. Okay, I, let me I think ask we've this come question. to some conclusions, though. Mm-hmm. I think Jay's I did. for big government. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. No. Nazi. Okay, let no, me what? ask this. Fascist. I, I think I, I, I'm trying to wrap my head around why, because that's not my normal. That's not my normal thought process. Right. Is to think of more government. So 
I wouldn't have consciously thought that until you guys brought it up. So is let it me because of this. your job and how you? I I do wonder that. I wonder if because I work for a government entity in that world, in in the technology mm-hmm. world, I, I wonder if maybe that's why I think a little differently about it. But let me ask this: At what point does the internet does internet connectivity become equal to telephone or electricity from the standpoint of a utility because it is essential to do business when everything's wired to the internet well that's what i'm wondering do we do you need to have it everywhere first well we didn't have phones everywhere first when it became a utility or electricity Mm -hmm. It was in the major metropolitan areas, mm-hmm. and then it was built out into the rurals. I mean, mm-hmm. rural telephone and rural electric, you know, I still, you know, I buy my electricity from what would have been mm-hmm. an RE, REA, rural electric. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a whole, like, belief system that it is a necessity in 2017 yeah. to have internet access. and But the reality is everyone has a very powerful computer in their pocket always. But that's it. That is connected to the web. Right. And so maybe it has morphed to where it is more of a necessity than anything else. Um, I don't know. I just. So that's where I, I wonder. I, I, hate I wonder government, if the I hate reason... government control it is, no, is my. And I agree with you. Issue. And I'm just and that's why now I'm thinking, why do I think this way? Because that's not my normal stance. So, and I had not thought of it as a government control issue as much as a government, as much as a public freedom issue. But I'm, you guys have made me question myself. Why am I thinking? (laughs) (laughs) Success, everyone. This is the David Allen Show. I think we're going to call it. (laughs) (laughs) It's like I tell my wife, I don't have to be right. I just want to be accurate, so <laughs> yeah. I do. I have to figure out oh, why is that? Why do I think that way? Well, and I, knowing that we were going to cover this, I did a fair amount of thought and just trying to think of what my problems were. It all came back to, it feels like this allowed, the net neutrality piece of it, feels like this just opens the door for um, more of a box that they can shove our access. I mean, right now, Business, my legal access, access is within Facebook, you know, like everyone, I get contacted, business contacts go through Facebook to contact me. So I'm forced into that universe kind of without against my will at some level. And so I see that and that's not the government doing it. That's an entity doing it. And I hate it. And so there's part of me that I want to get out of that. And I don't want the government doing that on a bigger scale, even though they already do with a lot of things that we do. I got nothing on that. I, I, yeah, I see your point. I'm not sure. And I, I do think that because of my career, you're jaded. Yeah. I I think, I think think that there's a, a, yeah, I don't know, but I do. I look, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. Hmm. Uh, A couple quick things that might be fun. And then uh, we'll wrap this really long show up. This is the problem when we go forever. Uh, This is an ad 
a spoof ad. Spoof 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 ad. Um by a website that is stupid, but um this ad is kind of funny. It, thinking uh going back to this whole thing that we're all um fluid. Everything but you know, we can't have there's no black Are and you white. Kidding there's me? none of this and yeah, we gotta back. go back to I know. this. Yeah. Maybe if I can get it to work. Oh, this interweb is just dynamite today. You know what? Never mind. It's not planned. Ah, I love technology. When Maybe that's dead. considered not legal content. Though. Probably. Oh, brother, never mind. It was a nice thought. <clears throat> oh, darn. Uh, but on the other side of this, though, that doesn't come with a clip. The New Yorker, <laughs> April 24, 2017, which kind of makes me laugh that they're, I mean, it's coming out on Monday. Um, in February of 2015, Kathleen Purvis, the food editor of the Charlotte Observer. Oh, her. <laughs> drove to Birmingham, Alabama to attend Food Media South, an annual symposium. The keynote session, Hey You, Pitch Me Something, was meant to be a friendly wind down to a weekend of talks. Participants were invited to get up in front of the editor of the web magazine, The Bitter Southerner, and, well, pitch him something. There were several hundred people in the room. Purvis knew that in the name of politeness, she would probably stay quiet, but she couldn't resist the opportunity to toss a good word grenade. She recalled later into a clubby crowd that she felt tended that she felt tended to overlook, along with chiffon cakes and canning some of the most complicated questions about Southern cuisine. She raised her hand, and the editor nodded her way. She said, "Men are the new carpetbaggers of Southern food writing." He replied, sold. The resulting essay argues that the Southern food writing world has been unduly influenced, usurped, yes, even invaded by a barbecue entranced, bourbon preoccupied and pork belly obsessed horde of mostly testosterone fueled scribes. Oh my God. Like this. The clear eyed vision to who dwell on hackneyed tales of Southern eccentricity without developing the clear-eyed vision to see them in... Hey, Mom, look, I got a thesaurus! <laughs> ...temporary light. The piece generated controversy, though, not as much as Purvis' investigation into the racial dimensions of the practice of putting sugar in cornbread. That's racist, apparently. Honest to God, I really hate that hokey-jokey, hey-us-Southerners-aren't-we-cute stuff, she told me. So apparently, out of all this... Barbecue is racist. Or is it sexist? Well, it could be sexist, but... <laughs> I don't I don't know. I... Lauren Collins is the writer of this, and I just am... I'm amazed that that made it in a magazine. A whole long diatribe. There's way more about how men are... White southern men are ruining food, making it racist. Well, you sent a text photo the other day. It says, <laughs> are you racist? Are you white? Did you wake up this morning? If you answered yes, you are racist. 
Yeah. It's true. Well, I have a Spanish last name. Oh, I forgot. That that they get you off the hook. Well, David, all Spanish. David Spanish part, is European. David's part black. Yeah. Oh, so, I do have that. So. I think it's just you. Yeah. Alan, you're you're the racist in the room. Yeah. I could cut the racism with a knife. The taste of death is upon my lips. I feel something that is not of this earth. That's gas. Mozart. <laughs> I am still progressing. These are famous last words. Charles Darwin says, I am not the, le- the least afraid to die. He might have uh, regretted those words. Yeah. Thomas Jefferson, it is the fourth, question mark. I resign my spirit to God, my daughter, to my country. Adam is still alive. Adams is still alive. I thought that was one of his. Or thank God that oh, John maybe. Adams was still alive. Because <laughs> they both died the same day. Doc Holliday, this is funny. There you go. One never knows the ending. One has to die to know exactly what happens after death. Although Catholics have their hopes. Alfred Hitchcock. This is the David Allen Show, uh, episode 54. This uh, recorded on April 21. Yep. Late in the evening uh, in a really (laughs) crude (laughs) new studio nice. Eh. It'll be nice when it's done. Yeah. But anyway, Jay, thanks for coming in. Hey, thanks and for having your me. thoughts, uh, David. Uh, we'll actually have to do this again. Yes, next week. That's the goal. Okay. Didn't work last time, but that's the that's the plan. Sure. True that. The plan, yo, yo. Uh, any last words? Just watch that superstitious writing on the wall. <laughs> Toodles. Have a good night, guys. See you later. Oh, wait. I said guys. Uh, People. Human beings. Oh, you heteronormative. (laughs) 